The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. 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 Hello, this is Zach Sabre Jr., New Japan Cup winner 2018. And you are listening to Keeping It Strong Style with my mates. Enjoy. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is keeping it strong style With your host Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Jeremy Donovan here alongside the young boy Josh Smith. On today's show, we will have more coverage of the Super Junior Tag League. We'll also be previewing this this Saturday's Power Struggle event, as well as covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns at socialsuplex.com. Go to social.com slash subscribe to get all the podcasts and columns delivered directly to your email inbox. All right, young boy. Are you ready to jump into this Super Junior Tag League coverage? Hola, <laughs> le. <laughs> Uh, Viva la raza! We bowdy bowdy. What they used to say? Bowdy bowdy, rowdy rowdy. rowdy. Yeah, man, I'm t- uh, I'm ready. Um, El El Young Hijo. El Hijo de Young, young, young boy. boy. The son of the young boy. It's like the really really young boy. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. Yeah. So I'm I'm totally ready, man. Um, how things been going? Things have been going good, man. Um, you know, just been a very, very busy weekend trying to keep up with all this New Japan, all the other wrestling, and trying to have a social life. So, What other wrestling is there? There's lots of other wrestling out there. I know no other wrestling. <laughs> I only know what Harold Mai puts in front of my face, and that's, that's it. That's all I have. Oh, my gosh. There's nothing else. Crown Jewel, what's that? Evolution, what's that? Evolve, psh. It's all about... New Japan Pro Wrestling, baby. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, this weekend was pretty crazy. You trying to have a yeah, man? You're trying to have a, a social life. You were uh, you're at that gimmick, right? Yeah, I was at a Halloween Horror Nights uh, Friday night. Yo, where? Why didn't you invite me? It was kind of a <laughs> you know, bro. How can you, how can you do stuff like that without your tag team partner? <laughs> you trying to go singles? <laughs> You know, top talent, you know, they get the singles push, you know. Whatever. <laughs> I'm going to stage a coup, take over this show. <laughs> but yeah, man, um, this weekend was really good. There's a lot of good wrestling. I mean, we've had a, what, uh, eight show or four shows over since last week? Yeah. Yep. So, um, and I'm super excited about Power Struggle. It's like our last major show before the end of the year. And then... Um, and then it's award season and tag season. And then 
our one year anniversary. Boom, yeah. So all that stuff was right around the corner, man. Man, things are rolling. Uh, we got a lot, a lot of new like projects in the works, things that we're working on. Uh, you know, stuff we will be telling you guys about in the near future. But um, yeah, I'm super excited. Let's dive into this uh, this riveting <laughs> Super Junior Tag League because God knows that I love this tag team tournament. This has been the best tournament you've seen all year, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's been better than uh, the Young Lions Cup. It's better than Crockett Cup. Better than King of the Ring. I mean, this better than the G1. <laughs> no. Um, actually, you know what? We'll, we'll get into our review of it, but I would actually venture to say that of all the tournaments I've seen this year, this is my least favorite. I, I would have to agree with you there, man. Do you, do you like... Okay, so obviously you like the G1 better than the yeah, Super Junior Tag yeah, League. Yeah. You like Best of the Super Juniors better than this. Yes. Did you like the New Japan Cup better than this? Yes. Did you like World Tag League better than this? Uh, probably. I did. Yeah. I yeah. did. Okay, last, last question. Did you like the Young Lions Cup better than this? Yeah. <laughs> Bro, me too. You got Yagi and Arita out there having, you know, Matt Classics, you now, know. Now, that's not to completely bury this because the, you know, the, the working level in New Japan is so high. So, I mean, it's not to say that this was just utter crap or anything like that. But uh, that does tell you something, um, you know, when both of us tended to like every single tournament that happened this year better than this. So Yeah, you know, the thing is, like, man... The, the teams are here are very talented. This, this mm-hmm. had a lot of talented wrestlers yeah. on this tournament. I was almost expecting a tag version of the singles tournament, the singles junior tournament. Same. No, I was expecting more uh, 3.75 to like four and a quarter matches through, all throughout this thing. Um, you know what? And it didn't need to be that necessarily. Um my my feeling about this, and maybe I might get some criticism about it. I don't know if it's just me that felt this way because I haven't been on any message boards. I haven't been interacting with, uh, you know, the IWC or, you know, the gatekeepers of <laughs> New Japan. Yeah. Um, I've just been watching this on my own and just kind of drudging through it. And to me, what what seemed to be the problem wasn't that the, the wrestling w- wasn't good. Um, it wasn't great, but it was just the fact that it seemed very homogenized. I literally couldn't point out too many matches that felt any different from another match the whole tournament. There's like some teams that felt, you know, that they had a certain distinct style of wrestling in their matches, but all their matches were kind of the same thing. Right. You feel like there was like a similar formula for a majority of the matches. Let me put it to you this way. If you've seen a six-man tag in New Japan, you've seen them all. Now, that's not to say that there aren't some really good ones and some bad ones, but generally speaking, there's a style there. Same thing with their eight-mans. Same thing with their ten-mans. There are very rare occasions where you get a truly great you know, version of in. that. Yeah. But New Japan does typically have a style. I feel like... These tag matches were totally indicative of that style. Um, this was in no way near, and I'm not just talking about skill level. It was nowhere near what you got with like best of the super juniors. Every night it was like a very varied thing. You'd get like a high flying match. You'd get like a comedy match. You would get like a 
um, a brawling match. You'd get a, a Matt Classic technique. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You didn't get this with this tournament. It was all kind of the, just the same stuff. Yeah, pretty much a lot of the guys that's kind of doing their their stick. I mean, they're working these small little house shows. A lot of these tournament, a lot of the shows. So it's like, I can't blame them for not no. going all out. No, I'm not sitting here thinking necessarily that the guys would go all out. But do you remember when we first started covering this and you were like, I'm so excited. Look at the the lineup of talent. This could be really great. And then I was like, I have doubts about this tournament because it's a tag ter- like it's a tag tournament, you a know, le- a league. Yeah, it's a league. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I don't feel like these guys are going to go out there and kill themselves. You know, I mean, like, think about it. Uh Going forward, do I think Ishimori and Eagles are going to be a long-term tag team? Or ACH and Taguchi? Or Kushida and Sabin? Or, you know, Liger and Tiger? I mean, Liger and Tiger tag regularly, but they're not like, you know, this... They're not like Rapongi 3 Right, they're not a premier... Premier junior tag team that's going to be blazing a trail. Same thing, same thing with Voldor and Soberano. So, I mean, all these guys, they're out there, they're tagging, they're having a good time. It's, you know, it's whatever... But at the end of the day, they're not going to turn around and get their their booking dates on the indies or internationally based off of this tag team tournament. You right, know what I mean? Like right. they're not getting notoriety from this tournament. You know what I mean? Not the same way when they do best of super juniors. It's like the pinnacle for junior wrestling across the world. So it's a big deal business wise for them. It's a big deal. This not so much. You know what I mean? And you know the three guys that the three teams that are getting the push. And we'll talk about it. They're the ones who are putting forth the best effort. They're the ones who are put, having the best matches because it affects their bottom line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it makes all the sense in the world. So this wasn't like something that like revitalized the junior ta- tag division after this is over. I don't know that there is a junior tag division. We just kind of go back to, you know, the same few teams that we've had before. Uh, uh, unless something changes. Yeah. Um, that's my that's my general, like, viewpoint on this. You know what I mean? Like, it... it and you know what? I will say this. Um, I woke up the other day. <laughs> I woke up like I think it was Wednesday, and um, oh, no, no, no. When do we record? We record on Monday nights. Yeah. Tuesday. I woke up Tuesday, and we'd done the show, and I just wasn't feeling it, man. I I really wasn't feeling it, and I I woke up and I was like, you know what? I've been too negative on this show, like. Not to say that I'm going to back off or, or take, like, a, a, a stance that I don't agree with, but I was like, man, I've been, like, too negative on the show. I was like, I'm going to make a concerted effort to be, like, that bright-eyed kid that <laughs> started covering this stuff last year who had no idea what the, you know, World Tag League was about to do to him. <laughs> you know, and yeah. he hadn't gone through a whole G1 and all that crap. Um, but one thing I... I uh, noticed was like this weekend I did watch a lot of other wrestling that I don't generally watch and I did realize I was like dude we're spoiled we're spoiled with New Japan because this tournament happens in other companies and it's probably gonna get a lot of buzz yeah like if this happened in like WWE well I don't know I guess it wouldn't because 205 is producing great matches nobody cares yeah maybe if this happened in maybe like a Ring of Honor or MLW maybe even Impact maybe yeah I'm not saying it would set the world on fire but people would be like positive about it you know what I mean they'd be like really really happy and then like New Japan fans are like man that was a 3.75 match that sucked (laughs) (laughs) three and a half trash yeah (laughs) but I went to some indie shows this weekend and I was like well 
we went to the Evolve show. We'll talk about that later. But that was great. That was a really good show. But I went. I saw some other stuff that I was like, my God, this is actually bad. <laughs> and I, I can't remember too many times very often where I watched New Japan Wrestling that's bad. Right. And nothing here was bad. So I was like, you know what? I do need to be a little more positive about this product because at the end of the day, this is better than watching Monday Night Raw. It's better than watching SmackDown. Or, you know, whatever. It's better than watching Ring of Honor television every week. I mean, there's very few products that can keep up with what they, you know, the, the quality level that New Japan puts out there. Yeah. I mean, you know, our, our buzzword, consistency. Con- they're consistent. Yeah. This was a consistent tournament. Yeah, definitely. Really consistent. I mean, you know, it, it, there just was nothing memorable. Right. Like, like, like I told you earlier before we recorded, I'm like, you know, a year from now... Are we going to remember any matches, any really big moments from this tournament? Well, I mean, I mean, it's not over yet, so it remains to be seen, but you're probably right. Right. Like, like I can't see us being like next year, oh, you remember that, you know, Shingo and Bushi versus um, LIJ match? No, it doesn't. Or versus, uh, you know, Suzuki Goon match, something like that, you know? You know, I don't know if you remember this, though. There have been New Japan Cups in the past that nobody cared about that were kind of unmemorable. I mean, every New Japan Cup has a good match or so. Mm-hmm. This year was like a total 180 from what we've seen in the past where it was like an incredible tournament. Um, you know what I mean? The booking was incredible, the matches, everything like that. So, I mean, it's not to say that this was a bad way to go or a bad business idea. Obviously, giving these guys more opportunities to be to headline cards and to be featured was a good idea, but I think you have to have a a junior tag league to like actually like an actual junior division right to make this work because I, I don't feel like I was invested I don't think the crowds were that invested so I mean it is what it was you know yeah so let, let's, let's start. do some grades let's do some reviews I think uh, each guy had what three matches over the last uh, eight shows yeah or each guy each team <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah, let's start off with the team that's on top. And uh, be warned, if you are listening to this, we are going to be covering some of the matches um, that have, that aired already, that aired um, today, and that have that will be airing tomorrow. Yeah, the one that occurred earlier this morning that has not been put on video on demand yet. All right. So if you don't want spoilers, you know, fast forward a little bit into the show. But we're going to be covering the current standings as they stand right now, based on what has been. Um, what, what has happened even though it hasn't been aired yet so we're going to start at the very top of the standings we have the IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions Yoshinobu Kanemaru El Desperado Suzuki Goon they are at uh, 5 wins and 2 losses with 10 points young boy what do you, what do you feel about the Suzuki Goon team in this match in this tournament um, I have mostly been disappointed I don't even want to say disappointed because I didn't have high expectations for them uh, to begin with, but I've mostly been apathetic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's a lot of the same stuff that you get with these guys jumping people from the entranceway, brawling into the crowd, cheating, uh, Satori, whiskey, mass ripping, mass pulling, mm-hmm. low blows, um, quick, cheap pins i mean that's that's been their mo this whole tournament the the one thing that was nice was on night seven the first night uh that they did the corkin show all these teams tended to be more motivated and have better matches but um looking at 
you know, who they, they on day six, they wrestled uh, the, the Bullet Club team of Robbie Eagles and uh, Taiji Ishimori. They went 10 minutes, 30 seconds. Um, there wasn't much that I really remember about that match other than the fact that they, you know, that Suzuki Goon went over and they cheated. Right. Um, but it was, it was like right by the numbers, exactly what you would have expected out of these guys. Um, I do think that they had two good, two better matches on night seven and night eight, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, so night seven, they were taking on uh, Volador Jr. and Soberano Jr. Yeah. Um, this was the match where they uh, they brought up into the crowd. Right. And uh, Soberano and Volador hit those uh, cross bodies off of the... Uh, off the uh, balcony area there that was cool i always kind of cringe when guys do that but i guess it's probably a safer spot than you would think i always do wonder if like the, the people at corkin are like you know because they made that big stink like in the uh uh in ryogoku I believe, or no in budokin right when uh, yeah yeah when, for Ibushi. yep when abushi did the the, the moonsault off the uh balcony yep so i do wonder like in 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 like cork and i'm like does anyone ever be like uh, you guys might not want to do that because <laughs> like it just takes one slip and then someone's tumbling down those stairs, you know? Yeah. But that was like, that was an interesting moment. But I will say this. I'm not one of these guys that's going to come out here and point out every flaw in the logic of the officiating with New Japan. Obviously, we've talked about it. there's a lot of flaws with their officiating and some logic that doesn't add up. But dude, on this night... It was egregious. <laughs> they let those guys brawl all over the arena, and I'm not a fan of that sort of thing. Yeah, in the you know, at what point do you start the count out? I get you have referees' discretion, and yeah, you let them brawl out for a little bit, but I mean, they were out there, you know, well over 20 seconds. Dude, they were out there for like 10 minutes. Or, yeah. well, no, the match didn't go that long, but it felt like it they, was were, they were there for a few minutes. The match went 1240. It yeah. felt like a third of the match happened outside. Yeah. Like, and, you know, that was something where, like, you don't want to, um, like, let's say if you're a commentator, you want to, like, point out the fact, like, how illogical that is. But, and I'm sure, like, the crowd was, like, for a live crowd, they love that sort of thing. But right. when you're, like, watching it on World, I'm like, why are they out there that long? <laughs> so, I mean, it was a cool moment. Uh, but that match was, like, again, nothing special. Uh, you know, it's it's just Kanemaru and Desperado doing what they've done all year long. <laughs> just, you know, cheating and screwing guys out of victories. You know what I mean? Right. And then uh, night eight, they had the matchup against uh, Bushi and Shingo. Which uh, that might have been like their best match of the tournament. Yeah, I think a lot of people were expecting Bushi and Shingo to get the win over these guys, but uh, you know Suzuki Gun used their their Suzuki Gun tactics once again to pull out the win here with uh, Despy pulling off the mask and low blowing Bushi and getting that quick cradle for the pinfall. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of. Um you know, a surprising turn of events. But when you start looking at the the point structure, I mean, at that point they had eight points. If they had um, lost there, that would have essentially pushed Bushi and Shingo in, into the 10-point range right off the bat. So they would have essentially, at that point, because they'd already beat Sho and Yo, and then they would have beat uh, Suzuki, or yeah, Suzuki Goon, that would have been 
the tiebreaker right there, it would have put them in first place and nobody would have been able to knock them off anyways. Right. There, and so that would have been a clear, decisive. they're going into the finals right off the bat. So it was kind of interesting that New Japan decided to um, sort of book somewhat of, of an upset as far as bookings go. Yeah. Because then that put Kanemaru and Desperado in first place and then kind of create an interesting scenario when it comes to the point structure for the remaining teams that were in that, you know, same vicinity. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what final thoughts on Kanemaru and Desperado? I mean, what, what, what did you kind of expect going into this tournament from these guys? And uh, I mean, honestly, like... Th- They've actually performed how I expected. Like I, ex- I expected them. You know, all the cheating, all the shenanigans, like we normally get. Right. Uh, so you know, I, I can't say I was really disappointed. I, I, that's the, how they book those guys all the time. So I wasn't expecting them to like not be that way in this tournament. Yeah, I think um, we we talk about a lot of these teams disappointing us, and you know the talent level. And I'm not knocking Kanemaru and Desperado. I mean, they are what they are. I mean, you know, these guys are talented to a certain degree. Um, but we've watched them tag for several years now, and I don't think I've ever seen them in a great match. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was – I think we talked about it when we gave our preview. We said these guys are going to be the team to beat everyone's because they're the champions, but they're going to be shenaniganing, hoodwinking, <laughs> doing everything. Finessing. Finessing. <laughs> they're going to be doing it all. They're going to be beating people up with chairs. They're going to be pulling refs out. They're going to be pulling masks. Pulling yeah. masks, spraying mists. N- not trying, <laughs> and I mean they the the match with um I should say the match with Bushi and Shingo actually was one of the better matches of, of the, the tournament. tournament. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but at the end of the day, I mean it's still it wasn't anything remarkable. And so, so what would you give? What's your what's your grade for these guys? Uh, for Kinemar and Desperado. Yeah, I'd go see. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. They they weren't like awful, but they weren't good either. I mean three. Three, three stars. Yeah. Three stars. Flat. Yeah. Serviceable. They're good, <laughs> good little, yeah, good little, <laughs> good little hands. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I will say this as a, as a fan, not as like a anything else, but just as a fan, I'm ready for them to lose the belts. Yeah. Like I feel about Canemar and Desperado the way I used to feel about like Steven Regal when he was the TV <laughs> champion. <laughs> I hated him, bro. Oh, my I hated gosh. I wanted any, like, anybody but Regal is, like, how I felt. I remember as a kid, literally, like, now as an adult, and I watch Regal wrestle, my mind is blown. Yeah, dude. He's amazing. Regal, yeah. He's, he was so underrated growing up as a kid. Bro, as a kid, he was, he sucked. He literally sucked. He was a terrible wrestler. I didn't even, I couldn't even fathom in my mind how anybody couldn't beat him I, I was like he do, it doesn't make sense he sucks so bad yeah how does he keep like he's like honky tonk man you know <laughs> yeah. but um no he's like one of the goats and i was just a we're blind to it man. i was a simple mark you know? <laughs> but um not the same with canamar and desperado although I, I i think desperado's had a good year yeah and you know desperado I mean, he's a guy you get him in a one-on-one match he, yeah he can reach that you know good to great level canamaru and in noah had performances like that. It's just that was a long time ago. You know, yeah. it's, it's not the same guy. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'd go see for these guys. Is that how, that's the rating you have. Yep. Yep. Okay. So then let's talk about the um, the next team that also is tied with ten points. Which, uh, to no surprise to anybody, I think that they're one of the, the the you know top two favorites to go to the finals, and that's 
Lij, Bushi, and Shingo Takagi. Yeah, man. And, you know, honestly, this whole tournament in my eyes has been all about, um, you know, introducing Shingo to the New Japan fans and just getting him over. Um, all of his matches have all been, you know, focused all around three match, three moves, getting three moves over the that gory bomb, uh, the pumping bomber lariat, and his finish, the last of the dragon, formerly called the last falconry, which is like a uh, sit out Death Valley driver type it's awesome. maneuver, which I yeah love it, uh, uh, bro. That that lariat, my god. Yes, dude, the pumping bomber. Oh my, yeah, dude. So over the past uh, few nights on day five, they wrestled. Uh, they defeated Volador Jr. and Soberano Jr. Thirteen minutes and forty seconds. On night seven, they wrestled. Um, let me see here. Uh, the Bullet Club team of Ishimori and Robbie Eagles, uh, which was a very good match yeah. as well. And then on the final night, which we discussed, which was day eight, they wrestled um, Desperado and Kanemaru. And then last night, actually today, that would have been day 10, they had their final match. And I, I need to see who that was here. Yeah, but while you're looking that up, I mean, yeah, I really enjoyed the uh, match against the Bullet Club team, Ishimori and Robbie Eagles. It was great having Shingo and Ishimori in there together. They were so great, and it was almost like a little taste, a little preview of what we're going to see in the junior division and the singles action with these two top guys that have come into the division this year. And, I mean, just... Just the, the interaction, the chemistry that those guys had was amazing. And another thing I loved about this matchup here was the uh, like the false finish towards the end. So you know, once again, they're in Corkin Hall, and Robbie Eagles works Bushi's knee over, similar to how he did to Liger's knee on the first night. Yeah, he hits the 450 splash on Bushi's knee, and then locks in that. Um, Deathlock type maneuver submission, and you know the crowd's like, "Oh, Eagles is gonna tap." Everybody thought the Eagle, or, or, everybody thought that Bushi was gonna tap out, uh, but then uh, Shingo came in to make the save. So I love that yeah. they, they played up to a previous finish that we saw in the tournament in the same building. I thought that was great. Yeah, I agree. I, that match uh, was one of the higher ones on my list. Uh, it looks like they defeated earlier today Super Sixty Nine ACH and. Ryusuke Taguchi. So if they hadn't defeated Super 69, that would have put them... Left them at eight points. Left them at eight points and kept a lot of these other teams that were near them alive. But with that, they kind of have broken away. And at that point, it does eliminate a lot of these other teams. Um, speaking of... You were talking about the Bull Club match? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I really liked the finish of that match. I thought that, that you're absolutely right. That told a great story. Um, obviously, we're raving and reviewing you know, ranting and raving about Shingo, and I think most people are, but uh, how have you felt about Bushi? You know, I thought Bushi's been good. Mm. I mean, for, for me, Bushi's always good. Like, yeah, I, sure, I haven't really seen anything blow away from him, but, you know, he's one of those guys, you know, he can have a good little match. And Yeah. I liked when he came out with that time bomb uh, mask. Yeah, that was very cool. Uh, and I really liked that their uh, their double team move, which is the playoff of his finisher, the MX, like a double team, um, like a wheelbarrow into the MX that they've been calling the Rebellion. Um, I thought that's been a great tag finish for those guys. Those moves are okay. I kind of like it. Maybe I'm just being nitpicky here. I like when tag teams have 
a tag team finish that is independent of either of their individual finishing moves. To me, and maybe I'm just being weird here, I don't know why, but like I don't like it. You know like in WWE when guys like are in a makeshift tag team and then their music gets kind of thrown together? Yeah. I don't like when guys have like or or they get a tag team name and it's like a play on their two names like and it's Jarrah like show. Yeah, it's like a mismatch. I feel like when guys have their two like finishers and it gets mismatched like that, it's it just kind of tells me like these are not this is not a real tag team. But real tag teams have like the heart attack, you know? Yeah. Or like the more bang for your buck. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like the 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 freaking uh, you know, death or what's uh what's what's Legion of Doom's finish? Uh the uh the, the death device, the, yeah. the doomsday device. Doomsday device. Yeah. Like, these are moves that, like, stand on their own. Like, the, you know, the 3D. Um, I like that sort of stuff. I Yeah, like, when... Um, and maybe I'm just being... I'm just being nitpicky, but, like, I just... I would prefer when guys are tagging together, if they're going to be a real tag team, to have, like... Like, for instance, Rapongi 3Ks, they, they've got the... The what, 3K. The 3K, it's awesome. I like... Uh, so I've actually heard some people criticizing it, but I like the 3K. I like the 3K as well, also, yeah. I think it's dope. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I also, one thing I wanted to uh, point out, on a lot of these nights, especially some of these smaller shows too, almost every night Naito's been coming out. With them, yeah. With them. In the white. <laughs> in the white suit, In the suit. Bro. How often do we get suit Naito? Right, and this man's not even booked to wrestle on these tours, and he's, yeah. you know. that I think that's so cool. I mean, I remember when he was doing that with Bushi a couple of years ago. Or maybe it was last year when he was doing that junior run and he was trying to uh, unseat Kushida, which he eventually did. Yeah. And it does kind of tell you. It's kind of like when Triple H takes photos with guys. <laughs> I, I remember uh, reading this interview and they're like, "How come you like when a guy wins a title, you don't always take a photo with them? Only yeah. some of them." And he's like, "Well, sometimes they need the rub, you know." <laughs> He's like, some of these guys don't need the rub, you know, they, they, they got the juice, you know what I'm saying? Um, and you notice, like, Hiromu doesn't have, like, suit Naito following him out, but um, Bushi has in the past. And I think they're trying, because they're pushing this team, and I also think that because Shingo was just recently inserted into the team, so it's kind of like a transition period. They want to present like United Front, and there's no stronger way to do that than to have Naito actually come out and be with these guys. Super cool. Right. And uh, we have a question here about Bushi from Reddit user Maserati. He says, Is Bushi the Yoshihashi of LIJ? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Muzza underscore 44 responded and said, Or is Yoshihashi the Bushi of Chaos? Bro, oh my God. Okay. Um,. I appreciate the uh, I appreciate you guys interacting with us and you know asking the questions, but you guys gotta step it up because most weeks both you guys have <laughs> fire questions. It's usually great, but on this you guys are way off base with this one. And I've I've criticized Bushi, but Yoshihashi, come on, dude, come on. I, I gotta say though, I feel I feel like Yoshihashi has had some better matches than Bushi. Okay. You know what? You're right. You're right. You know what? Yoshihashi is a better worker, but Yoshihashi is dusty as. <laughs> you know I hate Yoshihashi. Yeah. Like I don't hate Bushi. Like okay, Bushi might not be as good of a worker as Yoshihashi, but his upside is so much higher. He's got all the swag. Yeah, the suits, the masks. He got the Bushi Rooney. The gimmick. Yeah. This is a guy who 
10 years from now, we'll probably still be able to, like, get over just using his gimmick. Right. Like, Tajiri. He'll show up in the New Japan Rumble, miss some people, get tossed out. <laughs> Yoshihashi is going to be a guy that probably isn't even working. Like, I don't know exactly what he'll be doing, but I can't imagine too many people showing up for a produce show to watch Yoshihashi. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Like... <sighs> That's a tough one for me. That's uh, And the other thing, too, is even though Yoshihashi does tend to get some singles wins and he tends to get pushes and things like that, um, he's the bottom of a really big group. Bushi happens to be the bottom of LIJ, but there's like five of them. Yeah. Like, and they're all spectacular. <laughs> and, and he brings something to the table, too. Like, would Chaos be better off or worse off without... Yoshihashi. It would honestly wouldn't make a difference. It wouldn't make a difference at all. <laughs> uh, do you think that LIJ would lose a little something if they lost Bushi? Yeah. There you go. That's my answer. So, and, But you know what? Taking nothing away from the guy, Yoshihashi's the better worker. Yeah. But I mean, you could be a great worker all day, and I, I'm not going to care about you if you're Yoshihashi. Yeah. <laughs> but um, getting back to this team, I think that – I will say this. I think that there's about three or four matches that I – and nothing, I don't rank anything about four stars in this whole tournament, but there's about three or four matches that are I would probably rank pretty high, and they almost all include the LIJ team. Right. I mean, their first match against Rapungi 3K from night one of this tournament is probably the probably. best match of the whole tournament. Probably, yeah. yeah. I would agree with that. I still think that that's the match of the tournament. Um, their match with uh, Bullet Club. I think they gave the Bullet Club guys their best match of the tournament. I think they gave Kinemaru and Desperado their best match of the tournament. Uh, they gave Rapongi 3K their best match of the tournament. That's three right there. And, um, you know, the other matches don't necessarily stick out to me, but nothing was egregiously bad. Yeah. So what, what's your grade for these guys? I'm going to go B+. Plus. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I'm thinking I was just gonna. I only know we're doing plus and minus, but yeah, I was in the B. Oh, I high. always do plus and minus. <laughs> I was in the high B range for these guys. That that that's like doing star ratings without quarter <laughs> points. <laughs> but uh, what are you gonna give them? Yeah, I'll give them a B. B or B plus. Solid. They're yeah. solid B. Yeah, I give them like you know 89 out of 100. 89. 89 <laughs> game like, rating. Like, like they're almost at an A, but not not quite there. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I, I look forward to, I think that they they did good here, um, and we'll get into our predictions, but um, I mean, it's very clear at this point that there's no scenario where um, they're not going to be in the finals. So they've already clinched the finals. They're they're in first place. They're above Kenemar and Desperado they're, because they're, they're going to go to the finals. Yeah. So. Well, how, how are they above Kenemar and Desperado? Because if... Um, if Rapongi 3K wins, yeah. then it's a three-way tie. If Rapongi 3K loses, well, I guess they're equal. Right. I guess they're equal because they, they dropped a loss to Suzuki Goon. Yeah. But they there's no scenario where they don't go to the final. Right, yeah. Uh, so speaking of Sho and Yo, they are the next team we're going to talk about. Um, they have eight points, and that's what, four four wins and three or two losses? 
Eight points. Four, yeah. they, they've got one more match. So they're at four and two? Yeah, they're four and two. <clears throat> That's right. So if they win this, they could be five and two and tie with these guys. Yeah, so at this point, the, the next match that they have in front of them is do or die. Um, they're going to be taking on, and this is on the last day, so we've got two more days, and they're going to be taking on uh, the team of Time Machine, Kushida and Chris Sabin. So since our last recording, they've had three matches. Um, they competed on day five or day. Let me see. Yep, day five. They defeated um, Jushin Thunder Liger and Tiger Mask at eleven minutes and forty seconds. Which I don't know why I really liked that match. Really? Yeah, I I, I actually enjoyed that match quite a bit. I actually enjoyed most of the Liger Tiger Mask matches this yeah, whole tournament. Yeah, I mean they've been good. Um, and we'll get to them here in a moment, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed those guys. Um, and then in the main event of night two, or I'm sorry, uh, night seven, they took on uh, Super 69, ACH, and Taguchi in what was probably the match of the night Yeah, on, our, on a really, on what was the best night of the tour. Yeah, let's pause on that match for a second. So... For you, for you guys that don't know, this matchup was actually a rematch of last year's right. finals of the Super Junior Tournament. Uh, Rapungi 3K against Super 69. Rapungi 3K came in, you know, blazing a storm in the Junior Tag Division last year. And uh, Super 69, they were the tag champs. Or, no, Rapungi, no, no, no. Rapungi, Rapungi 3K. 3K had just lifted the belts Bel- off of uh, Taguchi and uh, Ricochet. Ricochet. Right. So uh, Super 69 was like, that next team going to come up. Well, Ricochet left. Yeah. So they brought in ACH <clears throat> as his replacement because Funky Weapon lost the, you know, you know, they lost Ricochet, basically. Right. Uh, he went on to, uh, you know, yellower pasture. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so they brought in ACH to uh, replace him, which I'm going to say is kind of racial, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, and that was essentially... A spiritual rematch, of right? Their title and, uh, showing you know, they got the win over yeah. those guys last year, won the whole tournament in a, in a really good match. And yeah. so this was the rematch here, and uh, yeah, this match was really really good. I think it was probably like the second best match of the entire tournament. Yeah, except you know there, there was some weird stuff in this match. Oh yeah, if, uh, yo. I wish you wouldn't even remind me of that. <laughs> I forgot that they they were doing that DDT stuff. Yeah, um, this this man, yo. <laughs> you know, I can think of like four or five matches specifically with different people this year where Taguchi's been sodomized or had something weird happen to yeah, his butt yeah, this year. This, this man was getting his oil checked out here. Yo, that... <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of... Of this particular brand of uh, offense, uh, <laughs> I just don't think that that's a good way to win a fight. Putting your like fingers up a dude's bum, like yeah, I, then, I'm not about that. And then, uh, smelling your hand afterwards. Oh, did he do that? Yeah, he like smelled his hand and he passed out from the scent. Oh, <laughs> you I know, like, I was like, what is happening right now? That was Yo who did that, right? Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna be seeing Show Michael. <laughs> Oh, Top guys man. don't do that sort of stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, um, I mean, you know what? This match was so good that I kind of forgot about the shenanigans mm. and overlooked it. It still ended up being a, a great match. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is why Taguchi gets a bad rap. I mean, it's stuff like that. <laughs> I know. It, it, it did start off kind of slow and kind of comedy-ish. But, I mean, 
from the middle of the match towards the end. Once they picked, got going, they it got picked going. up high pace, high action. It was some really great stuff. Yeah, yep, yeah, real, real good. So, you know, like I said, day five, they beat Liger and Tiger. Day six, they beat ACH and. ACH and Taguchi, and then on day eight, they defeated the, the CMLL team of Volador and Soberano. That match was a little underwhelming, and that was one of the only nights of this whole tour where they weren't either um, headlining or co-main eventing on one of the smaller shows. Yeah, and you know, they came out with the, um, Taguchi had a, a Liger replica mask on, while um, ACH had a replica Tiger mask mask on. Oh, we're still talking about Sean Yo. Oh. I know, but I was just mentioning... Oh, that's right. I'm talking about... Uh, yeah, you're jumping ahead, dude. Jumping to Super 69. Um, but yeah, so Shonyo beat Volador and Soberano Jr. I don't have anything too remarkable to mention about that. You know, they beat him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that puts us at eight points right now, essentially, with these guys. And like I said, they got one more match to win. Um, you know, I think... Uh, Ben had actually, even though it's not an official question for the show, uh, you know, Ben Schaefer had some statements kind of about how they've been booked. Yeah, he uh, messaged me and he, he was like, you know, who did uh, Show and Yo piss off in the office or piss off in the back? You know, he feels like they they should be dominating in the tournament. And I responded to him. I'm like, uh, you know, I, I don't think they piss anybody off. They're still in a great spot. I mean, they are one of the top teams in the tournament. They still have a chance to go in the finals. Um, they've been having a lot of main events and a lot of great main events in this tournament. Uh, so I wasn't quite seeing that. I mean, also where I told him, you know, in a tournament this small, it's hard for one team to completely dominate. Because I mean, if you have a team going on a run in the beginning, it's like they've already won the tournament. So, uh, you know, you couldn't have uh, show and yo, you know, you know, go five and zero. Oh. <laughs> running this thing, so yeah, uh, I think the one thing too is like they lost to Bushi and Shingo on the first night to kind of establish that team, um, and then who else did they lose to here? I mean, they lost to Super Sixty Nine. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, and oh yeah, so that's who they lo- they lost to Super Sixty Nine on night seven. So I overlooked that. My apologies. So yeah, they ended up losing to them that night, but other. Prior to that, they were leading the pack. And so, and that was just one small setback. I mean, so yeah, at this point, they do need to win one more match to finish with 10 points. But I mean, if you take a look at the other teams that are projected to be at the top, you've got, you know, LIJ and then you've got Suzuki Goon. I don't think LIJ, I would classify them as heels, but they're, you know, they're like tweeners almost. Right. You know what I mean? And they're, yeah. They're dominating the entire field. And then you got Suzuki Goon who are just cheating. Rapungi 3K are your white meat baby faces. And you kind of want them to be working from behind to get that, that big come from behind victory, which is how they booked this tournament. And at the same time, they've already picked up four wins. They're going to get a fifth one. I mean, that's an 80% record. I don't think that that. And they're going to the finals most likely provided they win their next match. So I wouldn't say that they've been buried at all, especially since they've been featured at the top of every single card. Yeah. You know, save for one. They've literally been they've been the hallmark for the entire division. I do I do think yes, they're making a play right now, New Japan, to really establish and push Shingo. And that's very evident. But Rapungi well, 3K hasn't been forgotten. They they're they're no. right they're right there. No. No, and I mean, and they, they've been beating mostly everybody, and the teams that that did beat them, it, it was in, 
you know, the two best matches of the tournament against, uh, you know, Super 69 and LIJ. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, I think that Rapongi 3K has been having an excellent tournament. Yeah, they've been doing great. So what, what's your uh, your score for those guys? I would give them a or B. Your, your grade, B? Yeah. B flat? I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go B. I'm a little bit lower on them than um, the LIJ team just because I do feel like, obviously we know that they can have better matches than they have. They've been headlining, and a lot of these matches have been in, like, the three-star range. But at the same time, I mean, they've been headlining. They've looked great. So um, they've had two real, you know, two great matches. I would I would go B with them. Yeah, I'm somewhere in between B, B minus. Uh, yeah, as I was talking, I was almost talking myself into a B, <laughs> into a B minus, actually. Yeah. Which I think is still, still good for those guys. Yeah, absolutely. So next up. We have the Bullet Club team of Taiji Ishimori and Robbie Eagles. They have six points, uh, three wins, uh, three losses. Yep. So they, um, we already kind of talked about the the Suzuki Gun match, which was really good. Or I'm sorry, not Suzuki Gun, the um, Lij match. Um, they they actually took uh, took on Suzuki Gun on day six, and they. Dropped uh lost to them at ten minutes thirty seconds. Yeah, it was interesting in that Suzuki Gun match, they the Bullet Club team was almost like the baby faces in that match. Yeah. In a way, it kinda reminded me slightly. I mean, this is gonna sound crazy, but it kinda reminded me of when AJ took on uh, uh Suzuki in the G one because AJ was like the top heel in the company, but when you put him against Suzuki Becomes a baby face. <laughs> right. The, the king is a top heel yeah. always. Yeah. So, it, I mean, obviously, it's nowhere near the... I mean, that was, you know, Wrestling Observer Match of the Year. <laughs> so, it's nowhere near that. But it kind of remind It had that similar dynamic that, like, when you get two heels that maybe don't square up very often, but it's a tournament play, so they end up against each other. Kind of reminded yeah. me of that slightly. And then on day seven, they ended up taking on... Um, oh, yeah. We talked about that. They took on LIJ. And then on the final night... And so they dropped both of those matches back to back. Yeah. And then on the final night, they picked up a win on uh, night nine against Chris Sabin and Kushida, uh, the team of Time Machine, which I thought that was one of their, I thought that was a good match as well, you know, probably around three and a half range. Yeah. And, you know, I think with this Bull Club team, they were kind of one of the, another favorite of people to win this thing. Yeah. Just because, you know, the Bull Club is kind of getting pushed right now. Uh, Taiji Ishimori is, has been consistently pushed all year. So I think people were expecting him to do a little bit better than what they did here. But you got to think about it. He's teaming with Robbie Eagles. We don't even know his contract status, if he's going to be a full-time guy going forward. And like you've mentioned several times, you know, the full-time guys are not going to get um, a lot of wins over, you know, some of the, the guys that are under contract and guys that they're pushing. Yeah, so with Ishimori and Eagles... This was the team that I was the most excited for of any team in the tournament. And there was no match that really blew me away. Um, And there was no performance of theirs that blew me away. Um, I think... Now, we didn't see a lot of what they could do. I mean, their longest match was the match against um, LIJ, which is probably their best match. They got 14 minutes. Everything else was, you know, around the 10-minute mark, 12-minute mark. Um, And these guys were for the most part featured in the middle of the card. Yeah. And they're in the middle of the pack with six points, three wins, three losses. Uh, they have one more match to go against the team of the CMLL team. And at this point, 
that match could go either way because literally it's inconsequential. Neither both teams are eliminated from the tournament at this point. Yeah. So it really doesn't matter. They could uh, hypothetically give Volador and Soberano Soberano another win, considering they're at the bottom of the of the entire point structure, just to kind of bring some more parity. Yeah. Or put over Ishimori and Eagles because you know it's the CMLL team and they're here to take falls. Yeah, clearly, and we'll talk about those guys later. And uh, real quick, I want to touch on Robbie Eagles. Um, you know, I thought he's been good, but the one thing that I've, I've not been uh, thrilled about with Eagles is he's doing that that kind of that sc- over that screaming oversell stuff ah! <laughs> that, that Osprey used to do sometimes. I I think it's worse than Osprey. Yeah, it, it is. It's worse than Osprey. Yeah. It's uh, it's just, yeah the, uh, uh, yeah and it's like this over you know dramatized dramatization like over exaggeration of the screams and some of his selling yeah I thought it was a little goofy um, you know you see a lot of um, a lot of like gaijin I don't want to just generalize but a lot of like gaijin performers that wrestle in say like Japan they'll use the silence of the crowd as an opportunity to kind of like make noises like I don't know if you ever seen Jericho matches from like the 90s I mean that guy's talking like you see a lot of these guys talk a lot during their matches where right because it's almost like they, they want the Japanese crowd to like pay attention to them I don't know what it is what that tendency is maybe maybe it's also like because they're not used to the silence they're used to like you know the, the, the yeah. like participation from the crowd and so they're trying to like fill the silence with something um, or maybe Maybe it's something that they do just in general, and in a louder audience, um, it's kind of drowned out, and so that it's their tendencies. And it, I don't know, but yeah, I would say Ishimori. I'm sorry, Eagles was has been, um, yeah, his selling's just been super dramatic and very like whiny. And yeah, uh, I haven't. My biggest thing with Robbie Eagles, and I've got some recommended matches of his from like PWA and MCW and different places he's been. Um, I actually kind of want to. We should probably hit up our friend um, Chris uh, Bryan. Yeah, Chris Bryan, and see what he thinks about it because he he is a you know he's a former wrestler from you know Australia, and so he probably knows more about Eagles than we do. But this guy came in with all the hype in the world, and people were like talking about how he was just like a tier below, you know, Osprey. And from what I've seen so far, not to say that this is indicative of his full potential or anything, but. Nothing here screams out to me that he's on the same level, even close to being on the same level as, yeah, you know what I mean, a- as like a Will Osprey or a Ricochet or any of those high flyers. Yeah. He he seems, and this seems sounds terrible, but there's a lot of high flyers in modern wrestling today. You know, I mean, I can name you like ten guys, like Chris Adams, Chris Brooks, you know, PJ Black, Matt Seidel. I mean, there's a Pac. Pac. I mean, there's. <laughs> There's guys everywhere all over the world that can do flippy do stuff and and fly and that's all well and good and it's entertaining and we saw some of that from him here but nothing here screamed to me superstar yeah I don't know I mean I I think from so far from what I've seen the the hype's a little overblown I would I would have to agree with you I mean honestly I, I, there's no like one match that where I was like man this Robbie Eagle guy Eagle guy is great and he won me over at all I mean he's he's been fine you know. Um, I 
don't really like his selling, and you know, I guess I, I would need to watch some of his. I don't like the bandanas either. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you buried the bandanas last week. Um, and what do you think about the, the sniper eye gimmick he was wearing? It's fine. I mean, I'm not. I don't have any strong feelings. I don't have too strong feelings about about Eagles at all. But I'll say this: like, okay, Ishimori, right? We've seen him have singles matches. We know how good he is. But in these matches, I think. I've been a little disappointed in Ishimori's performances because he's kind of just going through the motions. But even when he's going through the motions... He, it's still great. You can tell that he is a superstar. Now, you know, Robbie Eagle's still a young guy, so I'm not totally down on, on him. It's his first tour of Japan. He, You know, this, this might just be like the first step. I mean, Will Ospreay wasn't always Will Ospreay, you know, and these guys have to grow. And so we're going to give him time. But I don't know that... I mean, he might be a good addition to the New Japan roster because it's probably like a uh, tryout, but the hype behind him was like he's already there, and from what I'm seeing, he's not already there. Yeah. And I haven't been impressed with this team as a, as a unit very much at all. I think the match has been very regular. Um, I, and I'm not like clamoring for to see them continue to tag after this at all. Yeah, same here. I kind of wish that, you know, A... Bull Club was still kind of one unit, and B, the, the Jer- Jericho Cruz was like a week later, so we could got Ishimori and Skrull as a team. Yeah, that's. I feel like that would have been a, a better team. You know what's weird though? I oh, even when this tournament was coming up, I always knew that they would not team together. Like you just knew that they weren't going to wind up teaming. Yeah, like, it just, it, it just, they weren't even like in. They're both part of the Bull Club, and they weren't even in the same like world. It seemed like <laughs> you know, I've never seen them on screen. Yeah, they have. Did they wrestle? They wrestled each other like once in in a multi man. I think. I think yeah. Yeah, when they did the six man tag. Yeah, and that's it. So I mean, um, yeah, that. I, but I mean, that would have been a better. Would it have been a better team? Uh, I don't know. Skrull hasn't had like the best year. He's had some bangers here in New Japan, but year's been kind of down a little bit. A little, What's that? compared to other years? Yeah, I mean, he's getting off on that gimmick. He's a smart man. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm not seeing worker Marty the way I, I that we have. I mean. Think about his best super juniors. Remember, we're like, yeah, it's just, it's just okay. Yeah. But so yeah. What's, what's the grade for these guys? I'm going to go C. I'm going to give him a C. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go C minus. Wow. Yeah. You're going. You know what? I could see that because for the talent level, they should have been the best team in the tournament. Yeah. They should have been the best team in the entire freaking tournament. It's not all their fault. It's booking decisions, time constraints, house shows, this and that. Yeah. But I, I this didn't look like two hungry guys that were looking to. And don't get me wrong, Ishimori's there, but he's still not like established. You know what I mean? This was an opportunity for them to like really make a statement, make a mark. I didn't see it. Yeah. I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna go C minus. Oh man, I I, I, sw- I swayed the young boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they're out. They're out of the tournament. So yeah. from this point on, everybody that we're talking about has been eliminated. There's yeah. be- with Kanemaru and Desperado jumping to ten points and Bushi and Shingo. You have to. There's only there's only uh, two matches left, and so either you're done or you. The only team that's still in contention is Rapongi Three K. We'll talk about that that finale scenario here in just a moment. But yeah. Uh, Ishimori and Eagles, they are eliminated. And the next team we're going to talk about is also eliminated. Yeah, the friends of Alex Shelley, Time Machine, the team of the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Kushida, and Chris Sabin. 
So, what what should been your thought about Time Machine? Um, Time Machine has been weird to me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 been very very weird. Um, you would think like Kushida and Chris Sabin on paper would make all the sense in the world as a tag team, and I I think what you've enjoyed them quite a bit, right? Yeah, I mean I've been I mean I've been loving them. Um, you know I've been loving all the throwback you know combos of of uh, Motor City Machine Guns and Time Splitters. Um, I feel like they work very well together. I just, I don't know why I wasn't feeling it. And it kind of reminded me of um, Chris Sabin's run through Best of the Super Juniors for whatever reason. I just wasn't invested. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't have too much to say there. They they took on Super 69 on day six of the tournament. Uh, they actually defeated... Um, ACH and Taguchi via submission on that night. On night seven, they took on, let me see here. I have so many tabs pulled up on my iPad. Uh, night seven, they uh, took on the team of Tiger Mask and Liger, the opening junior tag match. Yep, they ended up defeating them in what was a really good 10-minute tag match, honestly. That night seven card was the, I, I'm going to keep saying it, it was the best Best night of the entire uh, tournament, yeah. Tournament and the Power Struggle shows, and then on um, night eight they ended up taking on. Let's see here. They took on the Bullet Club team. Yep, Ishimori and Robbie Eagles dropping a pinfall loss to them at three minute, th- uh, twelve minutes thirty seconds, three and a half stars. And I guess the one thing I could say about them is like everything seemed to be good on paper. I mean. They got matching gear. They both had that connection to Alex Shelley. They both had previous, you know, tag experience with Alex Shelley where they were, you know, established tag teams. Tag moves, you know, the whole attitude and everything. And it seemed to kind of fit like a glove. And most of their matches, if you watch them, there's nothing technically wrong with them. It was all fine on paper. But I don't think they had a single match that I would call more than good. Right, um, you know, with Kushida and Saban, it's like both those guys are great workers, and you expect them. Once again, it's almost like an Ishimori thing. You expect, you know, a little bit more out of those guys. Uh, you know, I expect a lot more out of them, especially Kushida. You know, the thing with Saban, and I've mentioned this when we talked about him in Best of Super Juniors. I do feel like a lot of Saban's explosiveness has been has kind of reduced due to his multiple knee surgeries and I don't think he's quite at the level that he was when he was in impact um, a few years ago uh, and so I feel like he's just kind of like he's just you know I expect you know I, I've, I've said several times I'm a big Chris Saban mark yeah I loved him in singles in the X Division I loved him as Morris City Machine Guns how about so, that TNA title run baby yeah, <laughs> yeah when he uh, beat uh, Bush. Actually, like I was joking but you like just marked for it yeah <laughs> Dude, I, yeah, dude, I was all about the Chris Saban world title run. Uh, and then, you know, so I'm expecting, I have that visualization. Like, I'm thinking, when I think Chris Saban, I'm thinking about, you know, him versus, like, Michael Shane and Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles. And I'm picturing that high, you know, high-paced impact Chris Saban. And he's, like, quite, like, a step behind that now. Yeah. And so I love him, but then he gets out there, and it's not quite what I expect. What I expect. Okay, well, let me say this. Um... I obviously am taking a somewhat negative stance on the Time Machine tag team, um, but I would say, generally speaking, it seemed like the 
reactions to them have been mostly positive and a lot uh, most of the feedback people seem to actually enjoy this tag team and kind of be into it you you being one of those people yeah. so i mean what 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 do you think is working about this team and why do you like them and you know what do you see going forward well i think you know just like i mentioned earlier just they they gelled really well together as a team um you know i felt like that they had great ring awareness knowing where each other were a lot of great double team combos um, you know, they had the matching gear, the, the, the glasses, um, you know, just everything about them just kind of gelled together. Okay. Um, what did you think about the fact that they ended up only going, you know, three and three basically up to this point? You know, it's honestly, to me, it's not that surprising thinking about some of the other teams in this tournament. Because you got to think about it. Chris Saban's not a full-time New Japan guy, and Kushida is a singles champion. So both of those guys have no future in a tag division. So why would you push them, um, you know, higher towards to the top of this tournament if you know, there's no plans to push those guys going forward? Yeah. I mean, you got Shingo and Bushi. You know, this tournament was all about Shingo. Uh, you have the the current champion Suzuki Gun. You got to keep them strong. And then Sho and Yo, the team that's kind of like your backbone of the division for the last year. You got to keep them strong. So it's like. There's only, once again, in a small tournament like this, there are only so many teams that you can push. There are only so many teams that you can keep strong. And when it comes down to it, Kushida and Chris Sabin, you know, they just, you know, they weren't priority in this tournament. Couple things here. Obviously, you know, they did keep them in the middle of the pack. So, I mean, they ended up, like we said, with six points. So they, they, they weren't, like, taking all the pinfall losses. Sabin, in most cases, was taking the pinfalls. Um... What I want to say about that, though, is it's interesting because Saban finds himself in a very similar position now as he did at Best of Super Juniors. He hadn't been in New Japan prior to this year for a long time. I think the last time was 2010 when it, TNA was still doing their partnership with yeah, New Japan. Yeah, the machine guns were over there. They've kind of kept him in a safe little cushy spot this year. Like... They brought him to Super Juniors. Sure, I mean, can he handle taking a pinfall loss and putting over a top guy? Yeah, but he's not coming in and he's not going to be at the bottom of the list. You know what I mean? Right. So it does seem that they they are investing somewhat into Chris Sabin, which it has me questioning whether they should or shouldn't be doing that. Um, because Sabin's a great talent, but he is an older guy. And I mean, I think about like ACH, who I think they should be actively trying to sign. Versus like a Saban, who they're keeping somewhat protected and strong in these tournaments. And they kind of did that here too. Like, yeah, he took some pitfall losses, but their team, they have a whole gimmick and everything like that. Um, but the last two things I want to talk about, and I, I'm surprised we're spending so much time on this team, but there's a lot to kind of talk yeah, about. Yeah, there's one thing we definitely... Two. Well, I, you got one, so go yeah, ahead. Yeah, uh, the fact that... Um Kushida took a pinfall loss to Ishimori. Yes, absolutely. So that is what exactly what I was going to touch on. Yeah, Ishimori. You know, he's had backstage promos. You know, saying you know I pinned Kushida, and so we. I think we on this show mentioned that Ishimori was probably going to be a guy that's challenging for the singles title at the Dome. That's uh, what's made the most sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So him getting the pinfall victory over Kushida made all sense in the world. And now he's kind of, he has a right to a title match now. And remember, this was my pick for Super Junior uh, finale 
the one that I like convinced all our uh, <laughs> all our fan base to uh, <laughs> to send in their predi- like I we, I literally you like swayed everybody I swayed so many people worked everybody I was freaking wrong <laughs> that's one of the worst calls I've ever made on this show like it's really bad but uh, <laughs> it's bad because people actually listened and actually voted that way yeah and like no other publication was I seeing that vote being being a popular vote like. We're all we're dumb. Uh, they trust the young boy, man. I guess so. <laughs> but yeah, um, I do think that this is gonna lead to a a, a title match with them. Um, I'm just wondering, like, do you think you do it at the dome, or you think you? I mean, obviously, it's not gonna be. There's not enough time for them to do it at Power Struggle, right? Um, I don't. I don't. Maybe there is. Um, you think that they're gonna announce a match like that on short notice? Hey, I mean, we've gotten cards. Oh, barely like a week before, so who knows? Is there anywhere else where you could see it taking place? Possibly, do you think that the, that that is a big enough match for the junior title that they protect that all the way till the dome, or do they do that say like you know between now and January? I mean, it's possible they do that between now and January. There are several. Um, you know, road two shows that will be happening between now and there. We've got the World Tag League, and there's going to be a road to Tokyo Dome show. Um, so it's possible maybe it could happen somewhere in between there. Uh, I, I feel like that would be a mistake. I don't yeah. think. Now, my only thing with that is, are we going to see Kushida? I mean, obviously, you have to imagine. Let's say that they do end up doing that match. You have to set up some sort of um, recurring multi-man match that involves both of these guys. Kushida typically teams with Taguchi Japan type type characters. Right. So you'd probably have Taguchi Japan against Bullet Club. Is that a realistic scenario? Going into like going going through Tag League and going into the Dome. So in Tag League, you're probably gonna have obviously God is gonna be in there. Um, so that 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 leaves what Fale, um, Switchblade, Ghetto. Jado. I'm just wondering if that is gonna be with the with the stuff going on with Chaos and the Bullet Club. Yeah, going into the Dome, you would think that those two factions will be the multi-man matches, and I'm just wondering how that will play into, you know, maybe they keep them apart. Maybe yeah. they don't do the multi-man matches. Maybe they keep them apart till the Dome. I don't know. Um, so it remains yet to be seen, but it does seem like Ishimori getting a pinfall over Kushida. Unless you you run like um, Ishimori and Gato against Kushida and Taguchi. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely do that. That's definitely a way to go. Um, so I mean, the last thing here, obviously, Kushida and Sabin are knocked out of this tournament. Um, we've got two more days left, and I believe on the final day, it's going to be showing Yo taking on Time Machine. Yeah. What are the chances? That we see Kushida and Saban grab the upset and play spoiler to Rapongi 3K. I think there is a big chance for that. If you pay attention to the way that uh, Ghetto has been booking tournaments the last few years, he usually does book a upset spoiler match towards the end of these things. And, you know, the team you expect to win in advance doesn't, and they get upset by a team. Um, so I, I, I think there is a, a, a good chance, there's, you know, a chance on the table. That time machine, especially, you know, Kushida being the junior heavyweight champion, uh, time machine could upset Rapungi 3K, and that and that would stop a tie. And normally, Ghetto does not book a ties in his tournament, so it would make sense to beat Shonyo. Um, that way, you only have 
Suzuki Goon and Lij tying, and then they go to the finals. Well, we'll talk about finale scenarios here in just a moment, but I'm I'm you know I'm I'm right there with you. I, I feel you. So I mean, I guess last question, you know, and then we'll move on to the to the last three teams. What rating are you giving Time Machine? Uh, I think I'm gonna give them a C plus. I'm gonna go C. Okay. I I think they were a C team. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we've spent a lot of time, but um, yeah. Do you think we'll see this team again in the future? I think so. These guys are teaming up a lot on the Global Wars Tour, Ring of Honor New Japan Tour. Um, so I am definitely think we'll, we'll be seeing more Time Machine in the future. And I'm sure, who knows, for random, those multi-man matches, you, you bring in... Kushida and Sabin against Ishimori and Ghetto, Ishimori and Jado, or somebody, you know, you know, something like that. Good stuff. So let's talk about Super 69, ACH and Ryusuke Taguchi. Yeah, man. I mean, these guys have been entertaining throughout the tournament. You know, a lot of Taguchi uh, antics with the uh, hip attack based offense, uh, the rugby plays, the, you know, getting blown up in the middle of the match, um, you know, getting his fingers shoved up his butt. <laughs> I'm just going to say this. I, aside from the sodomy, I um, totally, totally love Super 69. I I don't know why. I, I can't explain it. Yeah, I, I would feel like you wouldn't like them. I know, right? <laughs> That's why I'm surprised. I'm like, really? Uh, and, and let me just throw this out there. Some of the like shenanigans, like in these matches, I just think don't really have a good place in wrestling. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if I wanted that stuff, I'd watch DDT. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Uh, it's New Japan, so uh, I, and we're, I, we're watching uh, Michael Nakazawa. Yeah, we watched some Nakazawa. <laughs> some some Nak matches. Come here, skinny boy. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually I love Michael Nakazawa, but um. Oh, and another thing, did you? So they've been coming out there, and someone pointed this out on Twitter or on uh, the Reddit, but they were absolutely right, and I noticed this was like they come out there with like the you know the rugby polos and the helmets and stuff, but like you know that they're throwing an actual football. It's not even a rugby ball. Like you know, rugby's like popular in Japan. I don't think it would be that hard to get an actual rugby ball. Yeah, it's kind of funny, <laughs> but um, no, yeah, I think their antics have been. The reason I like this team is they have stuck out and been something fresh. Even though a lot of their matches, they're doing some of the same stuff, they are that comic relief. But then you have ACH just being a dynamo in the ring. Like, I mean, I would say for a single individual's performance, aside from Shingo, he's my number two guy in the whole tournament. Yeah. I don't think that's enough to lift them to give him like a really high grade, especially considering that they ended up with a six point. But I mean... ACH is just freaking incredible, man. Yeah, dude. He's on another level. and He's one of those guys where I'm like, why aren't more promotions like fighting over this guy and trying to push him hard? But who knows? Well, uh, well you know, his future is kind of, you know, questionable right now. Um, he did his farewell AAW. Um, so yep. it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. He's been featured on MLW TV a lot. Um, they, so. they, this company needs him. They, they, they need to be signing him. Um, otherwise, he's going to wind up on the Largo loop. <laughs> and we're going to see him in Min Ring Hall, you know, for $10. Uh, 
on a Saturday night. We're going to see ACH against Dan Matha. <laughs> We're going to see ACH taking on Fabian Eichner, and, like, it's going to be mediocre. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'd much rather see him in, you know, Super Juniors and see him take on, you know, the best juniors in the world. But, um, yeah, I've loved their antics. They've been they've been cracking me up. The whole Taguchi coach thing where he has him. Yeah. He keeps he's, spinning him through, and keep uh, he's doing the forever clotheslines until they get, like, exhausted. They yeah. Can't, they can't keep going. Yeah. Just ACH coming out doing like all the all the anime. Yeah, super. I, I love it. So I'm I'm really into this team. Um, and you know I'm not even the biggest Taguchi, you know, fan or even fan of Taguchi Japan, but I I like this team. And they're they're over. They're I mean, over. When they beat uh, Rapungi 3K and they were doing their promo, yeah, the crowd was going crazy. Taguchi Japan. Yes. Yeah. Taguchi Japan. Yeah, and I mean I don't think that that match was like I said probably the second best match of the tournament but other than that it's not like they've had blow away you know performances um you know they they taking a look at their record here they dropped losses to lij uh they dropped losses to time machine freaking they they're the only team that lost to the cmll team <laughs> yeah and uh they you know they dropped a a loss to uh the Bullet Club. So I mean, them beating beating Rapongi 3K is like a huge upset. Um, and then they also beat um, they also beat uh, and Desperado. Yeah, another upset right That's there. A big upset. You know, if they book ACH, I mean, these guys they beat the champs. They, they could have a future title shot down yeah. the line. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm gonna go ahead and move on though, and say I'm gonna give them a C plus. That's my C plus team. Uh, I, I think I think for me I'm a I'm a flat C on them. I gotcha, I gotcha. So we got our last two teams here at the very bottom, and I think we can kind of just lump them in together and just discuss. So we got Jushin Thunder Liger and Tiger Mask sitting at four points, and then the CMLL team Volador Jr. and Soberano with te- uh, two points. So they picked up just one win here. Yeah. And what do you think? What were your thoughts about these two teams? So, Tiger and Liger, you know, overall, you know, I thought they were good. I mean, I, I'm not expecting anything blow away from these guys at this stage in the game. I mean, they're, they still have good matches for their age, and they're still very good workers. But, you know, I'm not expecting anything outstanding. And they did have some good matches, and they, you know, they picked up some wins, more wins than I expected them to pick up in the tournament. They beat, they beat uh, LIJ. Yeah. Yeah. Very surprising. Yeah, Tiger Mask cradling up Bushi there. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, overall, I mean... I, I enjoy Tiger Tiger Mask and Jushin Thunder Liger for whatever reason. Um, I I think the reason I liked the show, the Rapongi 3K match, was just because it was like, it's not too long ago that these guys were literally murdering those dudes as right. young boys. Right. In, in, in that match, it, it almost was a callback to that. I mean, Tiger was like yes. slapping around these guys. Yeah. Both of them were kind of like... Treating them like they were young boys, but Show and Yo were working like they weren't working like young boys. They're working like we're stars now. You right. gotta respect what we can do. Disrespect will not be, be tolerated. tolerated. <laughs> so they were showing off quite a bit, doing a lot of flashy stuff. I noticed, like they weren't like trying to, they weren't being like young boys trying to go toe to toe with them mm-hmm. and show their toughness. Like, well, Show did a bit, but Show and Yo were doing a lot of flashy stuff, a lot of counter wrestling, and they're showing them like why they're the best tag team in the division. Right, so. and the uh, Punky 3K beat them, and they, they shook hands yeah. after the match, and they earned their respect. But I, I just always like Tiger Mask and Liger. I mean, for whatever reason, I just 
always enjoy seeing them go out there. I think it's because they have a bit of a like grittier, less finessed sort of style to what they're doing versus the modern, you know, junior style where everyone's so smooth and they're high flyers and Liger and Tiger out there palm striking folks and yeah. you know you know, doing uh freaking uh brain busters and <laughs> tiger suplexes. Yeah, and I, I like it. I like it. Yeah. So I always like to see him go out there. Uh it was cool because they have never picked up a win in this tournament. So I mean, you know, they picked up some couple big wins and yeah, I, I enjoyed them. Uh for Tiger and Liger I'm gonna go C. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Flat C. Uh then for Volador and Soberano Jr. Um for me, I mean this team I was kind of a letdown, to be honest. Huge letdown. I mean, Soberano Jr., he did very well during the Fantastica Mania tour earlier this year. So I was pretty excited to see him again, but I feel like he was really hit or miss in this tournament. Uh, I feel like a lot of his uh, spots and transitions were a little bit sloppy, some of his dives. Uh, I don't know if he was nervous or what the deal was, but he wasn't... Uh, he didn't perform as well he didn't during Fantastica Mania and Bulldor Jr. It's it's so weird seeing him with the haircut. It doesn't feel like Bulldor with the, the short hair and the goatee. And you know, I feel like most of the time too he was kind of mailing it in and not giving it a hundred percent, which I can't blame him. I mean, you're 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 in this tournament to lose the majority of the matches and once again we mentioned, you know, the house show run that you're going on. So you're not going to kill yourself, especially you're not a main guy in this promotion. Well, I mean, we've talked about it before. Um, this tournament's not designed to, like, really establish these guys or give them a lot of uh, mainstream, you know, notoriety or anything like that. So, And they're, they were brought in to be the international team and to put over the Japanese guys. So, yeah, I mean... Yeah, right. Like we looked, we talked about last week. You know, traditionally during the single elimination version of these tournaments, the CMLL the team line. they're just like Tiger and Liger. They're out of there the first round. They yeah. they're usually not getting wins and going far in these types of tournaments. I mean, they they perform better in the single, the, the best of Super Juniors. Do you think this would have happened if it was Volador and Dragon Lee? No, I think it would be a completely di- different story. I agree. Uh, I feel like they would have at least been in the middle of the pack with six points. Maybe even eight points, because Dragon Lee is a guy that's consistently pushed in New Japan. Even though he is, you know, full time CMLL guy, anytime he's in New Japan, he's usually winning or in big matches, and he he's consistently booked in New Japan more than any other CMLL guy right now. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, I I do think it's worth mentioning the the lucha libre style versus the Purrezu style are totally different things. They work from entirely different sides. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, we've seen this before, and I'll just throw a famous uh, scenario out there. When Mystico went to WWE, he was the best luchador in the world. It was one of the largest international signings that had ever taken place, and he was a huge disappointment on the main roster because it's a totally different style. Yeah, you know, in Mexico, those guys, they... They attack like the right side of the body, where everybody else around the world they attack the left side of the body. Yeah, and it, you know what? 
like some of the greatest luchadors who have ever been able to kind of transition. You look at your Rays, you look at your Eddies and these guys. These are guys who are able to kind of like go to California and learn the American style. They're able to go to, you know, ECW and go to WCW and still continue to work with luchadors, but also learn the American style and kind of get and then go to Japan and get and learn how to work the Japanese style and do multiple multiple tours and like it's not like if you're I mean Soberano's 25 and he's had two tours of New of New Japan and the first one he was wrestling all luchador so this is the first time I think ever he wrestled that he's been wrestling uh, you know Perezu type guys with with the house style of, of New Japan so anyone who's telling me that this I've watched Sobrano I've watched him in CMLL I've seen him plenty of times he's great yeah uh, so I mean anyone who's like he's hit and miss well it's like a these guys weren't that motivated first off but b he's young and he's not used to the style. And I don't want to get into a whole like breakdown of the difference in the styles, but I mean it's it you could take the major. I'm just trying to think of a. I mean, Sho and Yo, they they know how to work that style. I'm just trying to think of someone um, in this tournament that's young that like you send him over there, he probably wouldn't do as well. Actually, a lot of these guys have been to CML. <laughs> a lot of these guys have been, but um. You know, or I don't know, like, uh, what's-his-face is over there right now? Kawato. Yeah. And there's reports that he's having a tough time adjusting to their style. So, I mean, you know, it takes time. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think anyone can really judge Sobrano off, off this one. Right, and I'm, I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of down on him, but I'm not saying he's a horrible wrestler and he's trash or anything. Just that right here, like you mentioned, like, the experience factor just didn't play out well here for him. And like we mentioned in Fantastica Mania, he's wrestling at Luchadors. I mean, he was phenomenal. You want my opinion? People might think I'm wrong. I think Sobrano's better than Robbie Eagles. Hmm. I don't think necessarily that he had better matches in this tournament. But from what I've seen of Sobrano and what I've seen of Robbie Eagles, as far as work goes, I would I'd take Sobrano any day. I have not seen I've not seen a one-on-one Robbie Eagles match yet. I, I mean, I mean, I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, if you're listening, you think I'm wrong, disprove me. But uh, from what I've seen of Soberano, the guy's a fantastic worker. And from what I've seen of Eagles, like he's he's really good too. But I prefer Soberano, and I prefer you know his matches that I've seen so far. So yeah. that's my take on it. Hot take. Hot take. I guarantee somebody's gonna jump in the comments on that one. I almost guarantee someone. Uh, actually, I think I think if you sit back and you actually think about it. And you're like objective about it. There might be some truth to what I'm saying there. Yeah. Like Robbie Eagles might not be as good at Soberano. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of people are really, really down on him for being sloppy. So that's gonna um, do it for our grade. Oh, well, what would you have given this team? Uh, C minus. D plus. Ooh. I mean, still at the end of the day, I still have criticisms. My criticisms are lack of passion, lack of. I mean, they were like supposed to be the high-flying team and I mean yeah they did like that their same couple spots every night but it was nothing they didn't need to have those guardrails gone uh, like they do for for Fantastic Mania because these guys didn't do anything yeah um, and their matches were just you know I thought that they probably had the weakest matches of the entire tournament yeah so I'm gonna go D plus boom yeah so we got to move on but before we do let's talk about you know f- predictions and uh, finales you know, right. So, um, 
So here's the situation here. The teams that are still alive, Suzuki-Goon, LIJ, Rapungi 3K. If Rapungi 3K defeats Time Machine, that will, there will be a three-way tie in which all these teams have beaten each other, which means we would get a triple threat final. Um, I mean, that that is a possibility. The, the only thing that makes me think against that is just how Gato traditionally books tournaments. He, he usually does not book uh, a three-way tie and do a three-way final main event. Um, so I, I'm leaning more towards a time machine upset over Sho and Yo. I mean, they still they beat Suzuki Gun in the tournament. They still have a claim to a tag title shot. Um, so it wouldn't be a complete, you know, bullet to them if they if they lose a time machine. Um, and then I do the finals of Kanemaru and Desperado against uh, Lij. You, know, you can have Lij get their win back on Suzuki Gun. I okay, so I'm really torn on this whole thing, right? Because we've criticized this company earlier in the year for doing for go for going back to the era where we had you know triple threats and four way tag team matches instead of focusing on story driven you know rivalries within this division right right and then we've actually gotten pretty much this match two other times three times this year before this if you take if you exchange shingo for hiromu how many times did LIJ, Rapongi 3K, and Suzuki Goon have title matches? Was it three? Some, yeah, I believe so. Two or three? I can't I, remember. I think it was. Were you talking about just a triple threat? Yeah. Uh, I think it was two or. Th- I think. So this would essentially, if they end up doing the the triple threat, based off of factions, this would be the third time we're pretty much getting a continuation of that same rivalry. Right, but I mean, in, and also, in a form. yeah, and those three teams. I mean, they feuded the beginning part of the year was either one-on-one between those teams or triple threats. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I'm not a big fan of it. I'm, I'm, I'm really not. But you know what I'm not a fan of? Hmm. I'm not a fan of watching LIJ and Suzuki Goon have three tag matches, three singles tag matches in the span of a few months because they already wrestled on this block. Then they're going to wrestle at Power Struggle. And, you know, you LIJ, or I'm sorry, Suzuki Gun are the champions. The title's not on the line. So if they win, then they just, they're on top of the division. No, they're probably going to, in that scenario, I would have to assume LIJ beats them. And then what? Now we've got a, a third one on one. A third one on one match for the title? That just seems redundant. So I got to say, I think we're going to a triple threat scenario. And I'm not that surprised. You're right. In the past, Gato really hasn't done that sort of booking, but when you look at some of the early tournaments that New Japan has done when it's single block, they've done a lot of like three-way ties in the past. The way they usually blow it off is not with the... I mean, they didn't have triple threats back in the day. We're talking like in the 80s, essentially. They would usually do like a round robin... Between the three, dude. On the same night. Gotcha. I don't think they're going to do that. I think if we'll just end up with the triple threat, which makes sense. I don't. I, I really think it would be a big misstep to knock Show and Yo out of this because what do you, what happens with them afterwards? Well, they beat. They have. They have a claim for a title match. They beat Suzuki Goon. Yeah, but then what happens afterwards? What are they going to do at Power Struggle? Chill. <laughs> that sounds awful. That sounds awful. No, I, I don't think they're doing that. I think they're going with the triple threat. Do we, now we've been running our our contest and I. I believe we're pretty close to having a winner. We're going to announce that soon. But did anybody predict this kind of scenario? 
Um, as f- when I checked, I didn't really. S- I don't think so. I'll, I'll have to double check later. But everybody's picked one-on-one matches for the finals. Yeah, I think nobody really thought about. I don't think anybody really thought because 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 of how Gale's booked these tournaments the last few years, nobody's thought about a triple threat scenario. I think having. Um I think it makes sense to do the triple threat with these three teams. I'm just not a big fan of it, but I would be much less inclined to see Suzuki Goon and Lij in three singles matches. So, yeah. um, I think that's the way we're going. I think we're getting. I think we're getting a triple threat. It, I think we're getting a three way tie. That makes the most sense to me. Um, are you? St- who do you? Th- who do you have winning this thing? You still going with Rapongi three K? Uh, I don't know, man. They they were my pick originally, but I, I think Bushi and Shingo are winning this thing. That was my pick, and I'm almost leaning against it now. Um, I just we're at that time of the year where you have to start thinking about Wrestle Kingdom, and I'm like, well, what are these guys? What what is the trajectory? What are all these guys going to be doing? And with Sho and Yo, they're a tag team. You know what they might be doing? Desperado and Kanemaru, kind of the same thing. Bushi and Shingo, that's a little different because maybe they keep tagging together. Maybe you kind of split them up. I don't know. But, I mean, if they're not in the junior di- like tag uh, title match, t- like title picture, then what are we looking at? Like a six-man gauntlet with them? And, like, Sonata or Evil? Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, do we see them going to – if they lose – what happens if they win then we kind of you know yeah then I mean, then they're kind of inserted into that junior title match essentially i i think we're gonna we're gonna get some kind of multi-man tag title match at Russell kingdom i think so too like we normally do yeah i think so too and i mean it, that's what this division deserves because that's the kind of booking they got this year and you know say what you want about how strong kinemar and desperado's title reign was but, I mean, they defended the title, like, four times in the course of almost a whole year. Not that strong. Yeah. Um, no good matches. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, yeah, I think that's where we're going. I think we're getting a... Uh, I think we're getting... I think we're getting the six man. I'm still taking Bushi and Shingo, but I really think Rapongi 3K is probably going to win this thing. Yeah, man. I don't know, man. I'm still sticking with my pick, Bushi and Shingo, but I, I'm not going to be surprised. I think Rapongi 3K is going to get the come-from-behind babyface win, the one that we thought that they should have been getting. Right. I mean, that's that's what I, originally I was thinking, but, I mean, they're all aboard the, the uh, Shingo train right now, so I wouldn't be surprised if they pull it out, too. Overall, what would you rate this tournament? Uh, as far as, like, grade, uh, probably C. C. Flat C. Flat C. So I mean... I mean, the matches, there was nothing quite above. For, I mean, four stars was pretty much the ceiling for this tournament. Uh, with all the talent in this thing, I expected way better. Uh, the the house shows with no commentary kind of killed it. Oh, yeah. I didn't even really touch on that. But, like, the having no commentary. Now, we when we were watching Best of the Super Juniors, we were all about it. But that's because those matches... Had a lot. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> These matches, when you have a lot, either them all over the place and the camera's having trouble following them or they're just laying around, like, selling, 
there's not much going on. It's really, it, it was difficult to kind of follow, honestly. And it was difficult to keep me interested or to make these matches memorable. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so let's talk about uh, the Road to Power Struggle the last uh, two nights. Uh, and that's going to lead us into our preview for Power Struggle and our predictions here. So on night seven, as well as night eight, we, uh, come, you know, had these shows over in Corkin Hall. And we essentially got a replay or very similar match structure to what they'd done on night one and night two. So we ended up with um, the Young Lions six-man tag to kind of open up both shows. Um, and they did something very similar where they had uh, Hanare on the on one of the teams the first night, and then they switched it out for uh, Hanma, Hanma yeah. the second night. So on night seven, we got the team of Su- uh, Yoda Suji, Shota Umino, and Toa Hanare taking on Yuya Yamura, Ren Narita, and Aota Yoshida. And then the second night, essentially the same thing. We got Hanma, Umino, Narita taking on Yumura, Suji, and Yoshida. And um, the main thing, I mean, we've obviously we've been talking quite a bit every show about how good these matches are. But I mean, I'll say this: out of everything, and this is my opinion, out of everything on these full shows, these Young Lions matches have been the best thing on all four shows. Uh, I, they are very good. I mean, I do think the so, some of the Lij or Punky Three K stuff and like the um, Lij what was another Lij what was Lij or what was the other Punky Three K and Super Sixty Nine. I mean, I've been liking the Chaos and um, and Bullet Club multi man matches as well. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this stuff has been. Well, bullet- yes, young young lion stuff has been like very very good. Um, I mean, you, you got um, Narita in there. We've been singing his praises. It's how great he is. Mm-hmm. You know, Umino, he's kind of the uh, senpai, young boy that they've been pushing. And then you have the, the newcomers, you know, uh, Suji and Yumura, who they have just made, you know, leaps and bounds of improvement since they've been on the scene. And, man, dude, I've been loving Suji, man. I've been saying this, but Suji, man, he's got the size. He's looking great. He, he knows his way around the ring a little bit better now. He has a nasty uh, missile drop kick. He's looking great. Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time kind of discussing these guys, but you know me. I'm right there with you. I highly recommend these matches and all these guys. Uh, but two things I thought were interesting. On night seven, Umino actually picked up the pinfall victory on an, uh, in a match where Hanare and Yoshida, who are both non-young boys, were both involved with the match. I thought that was... Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, and then uh, was it Ren Nar- was it Umora or was it Ren Narita who had that amazing Northern Lights belly to belly? I think I want to say it was Umora on Narita. Oh my God, I've never seen that in my entire fandom of wrestling. This dude literally got double underhooks with a body lock, like like he's a be- like a Greco Roman throw. Yeah, and. Tossed this dude above his head and did and a bridged with it and bridged with the Northern Lights. That is just a thing of beauty. So, yeah. um, I highly recommend these these Young Lions matches. I mean, they're just awesome. And then um, following that, we had uh, Suzuki Goon against Chaos. So we had Tomohiro Ishii and Toriyano on night seven taking on Suzuki and Taka Michinoku. And then uh, night eight, they switched out Toriyano for Hiroki Goto. So the first night. Um, Ishii and Yano go over, but I mean the the story of this match essentially was just 
the brutality between Suzuki and Ishii. Yes, oh my gosh, those guys are killing each other out there. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing that we haven't seen from them before. Uh, we've seen several matches from them in different promotions and then also like the uh, mostly the Rev Pro stuff, but obviously these two guys are going to be, uh, you know, ch- battling over the um, Rev Pro British, British title at Power Struggle. So I'm just so excited for that. Uh, they these guys have been going into the the post fight conferences and brawling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> which has been pretty wild. <laughs> so it's like I it, it almost gives you the feeling like they like they've never stopped fighting. <laughs> yeah, which is, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I'm a, and plus anytime you give me Toriyano and uh, Minoru Suzuki shenanigans, <laughs> I'm all about that. No feud of the year candidate last year. Last year, yeah, 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 and our awards are just around the corner. Yeah. Um, but the big one of the big stories was on night eight, essentially, Hiroki Goto and Tomohiro Ishii picked up the win, defeating Takamichinoku. And they had Taichi um, on commentary on the outside, watching his um, you know teammates basically lose. And then Goto put forth a challenge to Taichi. And Taichi was like, nah. <laughs> Which we, we actually didn't get to announce it. We were kind of speculating last week, but, you know, the, the title match with Will Ospreay and Taichi has been canceled. Yeah. So at this point, you know, the, the never title match has kind of been in question. And, yeah, Goto, you know, tried to challenge Taichi, and Taichi, he, he doesn't want the smoke. Yeah. But, you know, the bookers outruled Taichi, and now... It's officially going to be Hiroki Goto challenging Tai Chi for the Never Open Weight title at Power Struggle. Tai Chi actually put up like a Twitter poll asking fans what they wanted to have happen, like have him defend the belt or, you know, basically uh, against Goto, anybody but Goto. Or I think one of the um, possibilities was to just <laughs> abandon the title entirely. <laughs> so uh, very, very interesting stuff. I think yeah. Goto was probably like the leading guy to be in that position. Yeah, we have a question here from Zach Porter. He says, now that Goto is an Osprey spot for Power Struggle, was there someone you would have liked to see get a shot at the title before Goto did? The crown jewel. The only crown jewel in wrestling that matters. <laughs> Chase Owens, bang bang. Oh my gosh. Uh, no, I mean I don't know. I I don't think that given the time frame and the s- scope that there is anyone that they could realistically fit into that. Yeah. On short and, notice. And for me, I was just so invested in Osprey getting that match. Like, I didn't even cross my mind thinking of somebody else to challenge. You know. Taichi's like kind of interesting because sometimes he's like the fans are very against him but on that night when Goto challenged him it seemed like a pro Taichi crowd in it court. did yeah it did so very very interesting and we'll talk more about that in the predictions but um the third match so we ended up um with Kota Bushi teaming with Yujiro and Chase Owens taking on uh Tana, what I like to call Tanahashi and friends so we had Tanahashi Togi Makabe and Toa Hanari on night eight uh, great, great bash face. Well, on night seven, it was Makabe and Hanma. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's so weird seeing Tanahashi team with these guys. They might as well be great bash face at this point. Yeah, or like you said, great bash ace. Oh, yeah, great bash ace. Hey! <laughs> um, yeah, so we've seen this match. Um, very good stuff, but I mean, it's been interesting seeing Ibushi and Tanahashi kind of be like the go-to feud and what these stories are kind of circulating around versus there's no Kenny Omega. He's out on a cruise ship right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, what are your, what do you, what are your thoughts? I mean, Kota Bushi's even mentioned this in some of his post match interviews. Yeah. I mean, uh, 
I don't. I think it's a good. I, I like the story of Ibushi being trapped in the middle between you know somebody he's idolized his whole life in Hiroshi Tanahashi and his best friend and tag team partner uh, Kenny Omega, and just you know we've been seeing Tanahashi trying to get Ibushi to you know submit to his philosophy of wrestling and to sign up a full-time New Japan contract and you know Tanahashi wants Ibushi to take his role and then you got uh, Kenny on the other hand you know he wants Ibushi you know he told him the the triple threat know your place he he just wants Ibushi to be by his side so yeah so I mean I would be a big fan of that and that's not to say that anything that you're saying right now hasn't happened or anything like that it's all happened it's just so understated I guess the problem I have is that there's no Kenny. Yeah, it, it does hurt the feud with Kenny not being there. And Kotobushi's mentioned this in his post-fight interviews. He's like, you know, am I just, you know, a placeholder for Kenny? You know, is this them forwarding their, their feud through me? And he was like basically saying how he didn't want to be like a forgotten character or just like a, a stand-in basically, which I totally agree with. Um, I mean, the Tokyo Dome is far away, but it does seem like... You know, at this point, they, they got Tanahashi and his crew just taking on, you know, Ibushi and, and Takahashi and Chase Owens, the guys that are, if, if the elite all leave, these are the guys that are going to get left behind. Yeah, they're, they're the odd man's out in this whole Bullet Club War stuff. Yeah, and I'll tell you this, every time I see Ibushi and Tanahashi go at it, I, I want to see that. I want to see that again. Their, their match at, uh, you know, in the G1 Finals was just so phenomenal, and I, of course I'm all in on Tanahashi and, and Omega, but... I think Omega needs to be here to kind of build this thing if they're going to build it. I, I'm not a big fan of this Ibushi, Takahashi, Owens trio taking on Tanahashi's crew. It's like, it's just not that juicy to me yeah. if, if the aim is to build towards Kenny. Um, and the, the other thing, too, is like, I don't see Kenny working um, the tag league. Yeah. So what's going to... I mean, you know, last year, part of the build... <laughs> To seeing Okada and Ta- and Ta- and uh, Naito. Naito is that they were in multi-man matches against one another. The preview matches. Are we even going to get preview matches with Tanahashi and Omega before then? Uh, I would hope so. Are we I mean, are we getting that at Power Struggle? Uh, yes, we are. It's uh, Golden Lovers against Tanahashi and David Finley. Okay, okay, and then we'll probably. But I bet you, I bet you, Kenny only comes in for that, and then comes in for the uh, tag finals. And, and then, then the road to and the road to shows, and that's all we're getting. We might we might see these guys go like three or four times. It's like, what's Tanahashi gonna be doing that whole time? Like, it's just really, I don't know, just real, real interesting stuff. Uh, we do have a question here about the whole Tanahashi Omega stuff uh, from Reddit user uh, Asai uh, Yojimbo. Yojumbo. He says, "Ooh, Yojimbo, that's a great movie." <laughs> he says, "If Tanahashi does win the IWGP Championship and Kenny Omega leaves." Who does Tanahashi defend his title against, and what should his reign look like? Defends it against me. <laughs> <laughs> the young boy. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, I think if Tanahashi wins, uh, I definitely think a defense against Okada makes sense. Uh, a defense against Naito. Uh, I think a, a defense uh, against Koto Ibushi, who's been caught in the middle of this, all makes kind of sense. If Tanahashi does win the belt again, 
I don't see him having a very long title run. I feel like it would be a transitional run to get the belt to somebody else they want to push for the remainder of the year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think Jay White's another guy you could kind of throw into that. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay White, oh, yeah. Um, If you want to go, if you want to pull the trigger on Jay White, I don't know if they would be ready to do that. I think it would be a misstep at this point, although I think it's inevitable that happens probably eventually. Um, I would say that you either go, if Kenny's gone, you either have him drop the belt to Ibushi. As crazy as that sounds, I'm just talking from a logical story point standpoint. Mm Mm-hmm. You can transition that into an Ibushi title reign for the first time because of the whole thing with Kenny. Um, but more realistically, I'd like to see him lose it to Naito and make Naito the man and give him that title run that everybody wants to you know, yeah. see him get. Um, I know that they, they had a feud a couple years ago over the IC title, but this kind of would could be – there's some distance there from that. And, um, yeah, I think that could be a special thing possibly. All right, so what do we got next? So the the last uh, match to kind of close out the Power Struggle review or the, the Road to review. So we've been getting these um, 10-man tags between the, the new Bullet I don't even want to call them the OG Bullet Club. They're the <laughs> new Bullet Club. Just like Vince McMahon. And it, all you got to do is say, the new. <laughs> the new Blackjacks. <laughs> the new Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> the new Rockers. The new Bullet Club. <laughs> yeah. So uh, essentially, we got the new Bullet Club. So we got Jay White, Fale, Tamatanga, Tangaloa, and Gato uh, taking on the team of Kazushika Okada, Hiroki Goto, Trent Beretta, Chucky e. T, and Rocky Romero. And then on night eight, they switched it out for uh, Goto for basically. Uh, what's wrong Yano. Yano. Yep, and um, I've I thought these matches have been really good. Yeah, they have really been good. I mean, they've been very heated. I mean, you can feel the tension between both sides of the team. Um, it's been great stuff. Yeah, I mean, the, the big thing, and I think it's been kind of like, um, obviously the tension between Jay White and Okada, that's kind of the big, what they're, what they're building towards and, you know, what's being teased. But um, the stuff with Rocky Romero has been the standout in the right. matches. Right. I mean, even you know, on commentary at the beginning of the tour, he's like, you know, I just, I just want you know five minutes with JY. I want five minutes with Gato. He's like, I know I'm probably not gonna win, but I just want to get my hand on those guys so badly. Yeah. And you know, Rocky had you know great spots in both of those ten man tags where he did get um, a chance to get in there with JY and a chance to get in there with Gato. And finally, you know, you know, get his hand on those guys. Yeah. So um, on the first night, Jay White ended up getting just this incredible counter into the sling to the the, sw- the uh, Blade Runner into the Blade Runner um, off of and he ended up defeating Rocky Romero. And then on the second night, he d- I, I believe. Oh, Gato G- ended up picking up the win over right. Rocky as well. Um, Jay White came back in, hit the Blade Runner on Rocky again, and then uh, he put Gato on top of him. Yeah, so, um, you know, both nights, uh, Bullet Club kind of going over. But the, the big news and the big, like, the big talking point coming out of Night 8 is what happened after the match. Yes, the moment we've been all waiting for. The Mega Aces unite. <laughs> Okada and Tanahashi, the handshake heard around the world. 
Yeah, so they after the match was over, the Bullet Club just started running roughshod over all the, uh, you know, all the Chaos members, and they just started really just beating down on Okada. And then suddenly, the triumphant returning Tanahashi came into the ring, and he, you know, went, he ran wild, brother, <laughs> on all the members of the Bullet Club. And uh, yeah, he started, you know, and then him and. Um, him and uh, once Okada realized what was going on, him and Okada just started doing some double team moves, bro. <laughs> and it was like it was incredible. It was like they did the fusion dance. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, it was like seeing Goku and Vegeta like team up for the first time ever. You're yeah. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is incredible. Oh my gosh. But yeah, it was it that that and then after the match was over, they had a uh, stare down and you know Tanahashi kind of you know did like a little gesture like me and you. Yeah. And he put his hand out and right then and there. Okada took his hand and they shook hands and it was like, what is even happening right now? Yeah, and the cork and I mean the roof blew off that place. They popped huge for that moment. I just feel like we need to take a moment and appreciate how we said that this was the Mega Aces last week before anybody said anything like Didn't that. Didn't we say it like two weeks ago? It might have been two weeks ago, dude. Yeah, it was like two weeks ago. Bro, we started talking about the Mega Aces and I'm all in on the Mega Aces, bro. Yes. But now it's a real thing. We spoke it into existence. Dude. The secret. The power of dec- declaration, man. Bro, if you if you dream it, it will come. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, man, dude. I'm ready for Mega Aces versus Golden Lovers. I've been sending vibes into Ghetto's mind. <laughs> working. Yeah, the Mega Aces is a real thing. Like, it's popping off. Gato, you, you need to put Okada and Tanahashi the team together. Far out. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I don't know going forward what this really means. Um, I did think that it was interesting that uh, Kenny Omega actually tweeted out about this. And he said that he didn't really like the fact that Tanahashi came in as this old, slow-moving man beating down this entire clan of Bullet Club members and then, you know, and then him and uh, Okada shaking hands. He's like, I, I prefer my stories to be, be, you know, stories that someone more than five years old can appreciate. Yeah. And I was like, huh. And then uh, he did end up taking that tweet down, but then people, like, were, you know... Screen, screen captured it, yeah. Screen capturing it, saying stuff to him, and then he basically said something to the... Like, people were basically saying, like, you're not even on the tour, and he was like, well, I'm out there bringing more branded brand awareness to New Japan and, and trying to, you know, grow the product as opposed to just being one of these, like, dumpy dudes on on the worst shows of the year. Yeah. What do you think about that? Dude, that... Those are... <sighs> That's some heated comments from Kenny right there. I mean, I think it's bullshit. <laughs> I think it's bullcrap, bro. Yeah, I mean, yes, he he is bringing awareness to New Japan. You know, being the IWGP champion on the Jericho Cruise. Really? I don't uh, think he is. Well, I, I think it's bullcrap. It's 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 the Jericho Cruise. It's not like he's working like an. It's not like he he's going somewhere that's really that. I don't think it makes an impact is what I'm trying right. to say. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like he's working the freaking Jericho cruise. Like how many people – I don't know. It's, it, bro, it's Bullet Club fans and Ring of Honor fans that are there. They already know Kenny. Right. It's, it's not like he's doing something that's bringing this awareness to like – he's not like moving into this new market. It's like a bunch of people. They probably all got New Japan like world subscriptions and crap. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's true. That's true. I didn't think about that. He's on a paid vacation. <laughs> you know who's bringing brand awareness? The dudes who are in Cork and working this crap. Yeah. 
You know who's bringing brand awareness? Tanahashi and Okada. I haven't seen Kenny like being mentioned on social media for being on the Jericho cruise because he's going to do a six-man tag against you know Jericho. What I have seen is I've seen the internet explode because Okada and Tanahashi, the two greatest rivals in the last decade, I shake hands. Shook yeah. hands. What is he talking about? I, yeah, dude, a lot of Kenny's latest tweets. I'm just like, bro, like, what are you doing? What are you talking about, man? Like, you're the IWGP champion. You're supposed to be like the face of this company, and you're out here saying foolishness. You're not on the tours, getting your match over. I'm just gonna say this. I'm a big fan of this angle. I don't know what it's leading to, but I'm intrigued and I like it. And I think that Kenny's like stuff. I'm sure it's like trying to build towards. You know, the Wrestle Kingdom match, but you know how you build to the Wrestle Kingdom match? You be here. Yeah. Be here, son. <laughs> okay? Be here. You're the IWGP champion. Be on the tour. You haven't been on the tour. Uh, and we did have a question from our buddy Matthew Mayer over at Lords of Pain. Um, he has a question. Um, he says, I'm not really caught up on my New Japan at the moment, but how do you like the way the BCOGs slash firing squad are shaping up? And he says, oh, yeah, and Tanahashi and Okada joined together as Mega Powers. Well, we need to correct you there, Matt. It's the Mega Aces. So, yeah, first, uh, I mean, we've pretty much said how we felt about Tanahashi and Okada. I mean, we were both very hyped for it. We think it's amazing. It's very intriguing. Uh, As far as the BCOGs slash Firing Squad, um, we, we did talk about this a couple weeks ago. But we've seen a little bit more now about with them feuding on chaos. You know, what are your thoughts on BCOGs and you know where they're at right now? Um, I mean, it's still too early. I mean, on paper, you you've got a powerhouse team if you really think about it. But in actuality, it just feels very disconjointed so far. Um, part of the thing that always made the Bullet Club the Bullet Club was the unity. in, yeah. the, in the early days. Yeah. You know, and that sense of culture. And, you know, Tamatanga and, you know, uh, Fale were definitely a big part of it, but they were the lackeys. They were the under guys. And most of it came from, like, Carl Anderson and from... Uh, Prince Devitt. Prince Devitt and the Bucks. Those are, like, the four guys that, like, you're like, wow, that's who you really, like, look to. They, they created the culture of the group. You take that away, the heart and soul is gone, and you've just got a bunch of guys wearing skeleton shirts. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and they're not even wearing the skeleton shirts. It, it feels very weird still seeing Jay White teaming with those guys. And I, I feel like the whole, like, them doing, like, too sweet, it feels forced. Like It feels it, so forced. It's like... <sighs> you know what I would do? What? I would put them in the shirts. The bull, uh, the 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 bull club, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, Jay Jay White has a new one. Like, why aren't you wearing this? What is the point of being the Bullet Club? The whole point is to sell merchandise. Yeah, where's the merch? You guys aren't. They're not even pushing it. I feel like that's like a really important thing. It's like a super overlooked sort of thing. It feels like a bunch of guys. It's kind of the the thing that we were criticizing about how chaos felt felt disconjointed. Yeah, like I know it's still fresh, so I'm not like totally bearing it, but I'm not. I'm not happy with it, really. And we'll talk about the the other Bullet Club, you know, later on, but yeah. Yeah. All right, so yeah, that was it for his question. So that's that's going to do it for uh, our review, but there is one thing we got to talk about before we move on and do our final, you know, predictions and preview for Power Struggle. Mm-hmm. 
Mavs Gillis and Lanny Poffo. They made their debut on the stick. What do you think, Jeremy? All right, so let's. Uh, I'll start negative and then we'll go positive. Okay. Lanny Poffo, this man is trash. Sideline. Right, dude, <laughs> it's time to bake another one. On oh, baby. Lanny Poffo, you, you gotta be ready to attend this barbecue, my brother. <laughs> Yo, Lanny Poffo. What was he doing out there? This oh man sounded like a 2K announcer. Bro, when you said that, I was dying. So so we're sitting here watching the shows, and every now and again, like, Lanny Poffo will literally, like, jump in, and Jeremy's like, you notice how he sounds literally like a 2K19, like, like announcer, like... Kota Ibushi is very quick in the <laughs> ring. <laughs> uh, just saying, like... Bro, the most absurd. But here's the thing, and I just I feel bad bearing Lanny because he did probably as well as anyone who was in his position who is. And let me just say he's Lanny Poffo. Anyone who is Lanny Poffo, <laughs> like who thought Lanny Poffo was going to be good at this? Right. Like what commentary experience does Lanny Poffo have? Bro, the dude's never like been in New Japan. He doesn't watch New Japan. He's not affiliated with I New will Japan. say this. He did know the names of the wrestlers, and he did seem to be able to recognize who all the wrestlers were. Well, he's a very smart man. He's the genius, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, he's very articulate. I mean, like, Lenny Poffo's a great guy and stuff, but, like, he's not made to be part of this roster. Now, you could probably keep they're gonna he's gonna be on power struggle bro like he's gonna be on oh, power struggle oh my god um and maybe working with kevin kelly might help a little bit but i mean yeah. uh dude this was worse than yoshitatsu dude this is like you know people bad. people like to bury like to bury michael cole and like oh my. the like nope. byron saxon nope. and percy watson nope. this was a hundred times worse than any of those it guys was, it was oh really my god Gosh. And the thing is, like, Lanny didn't, even though he might have known guys and stuff, he did not know what was going on. Dude, remember that? You pointed out to me that one time where he's like, oh, I missed that spot because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what are you, you don't say that you're not paying attention on the air. Like, Yo, and then they talked about how, like, he invented the, the moonsault. He was like, little known fact, I've gotten many different, or I've gotten a lot of recognition over the years for inventing the moonsault, but I actually stole it from Tiger Mask in 1982. I'm not sure if it's the same Tiger Mask here. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> he thinks that Tiger Mask that is wrestling right now is the same dude that he saw do the moonsault in 1982? Yeah. He thinks this is... How could this possibly be Sayama? <laughs> Let's just do some basic math here. Quick math. If Sayama was 20... Let's just say he was 20. That was over 30 years ago. He'd have to be like 50-something. I mean, like almost 60. I mean, Tiger Mask is older, but he's not that old. Right. It's, it's, that's and then, you know, the second night they had Chris Charlton out there. Chris Charlton was helping him And he was like, you Or know, trying to. Yeah, and Chris Charlton's talking about, you know, like Black Tiger, you know, the 94 Junior Tag League. He's like, well, back in the 80s, whatever, I, <laughs> I beat Hulk Hogan. <laughs> It's like, what? What the hell is you beating Hogan have to do with anything that's happening right now? I headlined Madison Square Garden twice, <laughs> but this is also a really good, you know, venue. And I'm like, what are you talking about, Lanny Poffo? <laughs> like, Lanny, he, like, he just, I'm sorry, like, I feel bad for burying the dude, but he was bad. Here's how I know he was bad, okay? 
a lot of people have their preferences about commentary. I don't. I, I, I'm not someone who really can usually pinpoint when someone's really good or really bad. I, I mean, I like who I like, but I'm not, you know, there are other people who have a better ear for that sort of thing. I'm, I'm, if it's, if it's, let's just say this, I don't think Matt Stryker is that bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, and everyone says he is, and I'm pretty sure he probably is. I just don't notice it. You know, you have to be, for me, what I'm saying is you have to be egregiously bad for me to re- recognize how bad you actually are. And he's awful. Yeah, I mean... He's and awful. There are points where, like, Mav Gillis would, like, throw to him and be like, Lanny, what do you think about that? Dude, there's times where he'd just sit there silent. Right, either he would not answer the question or he'd, like, answer, like, two minutes later with something ridiculous. Why does he like Rocky Romero so much? <laughs> Dude, that man was on some Don Callis stuff. Don Callis with Kenny oh Omega. Oh, my God. Don Callis with Tessa Blanchard on Rocky Romero. Now, I know Rocky Romero is our good friend of yes, the show. Yes, he is. And but, um, yo, he's like, if this man, this man is, ACH is one of the best high flyers next to Rocky Romero. Yeah, and then like one point, somebody was getting gassed out. It was like, only if he had the stamina of a Rocky Romero. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you ever see like South Park when they talked about, uh, oh man, what's that song? Jacob Joe Heimerschmidt? They're like, if Jacob Joe Heimer, oh my god, okay, keep going because I'm gonna look, this, I'm gonna look this crap <laughs> okay, up. Okay, yeah, I can't, I don't remember that, but yeah, you know, he was, I mean, we love Rocky, but I mean, he was like putting over Rocky in like every single match. It's like he's he's doing that that lariat sequence similar to a Rocky Romero. It was like everything is putting Rocky. I mean, we love Rocky, but. It just didn't make sense to be putting Rocky over in every single match. <laughs> yeah, it, it was... I can't remember the name. There's this song... Okay, from like the... the I don't know what it is. From the South Park movie. They talk about uh, this figure skater. I think his name's Jacob Heimerschmidt. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But it's it's freaking hilarious. And they're like talking about all these scenarios. Like if he was doing this... like, And it just becomes more and more and more fantastical until it's like absurd. That's like kind of how it was with Rocky. Like he's like putting Rocky over like he was Kenny Omega or Tanahashi. Like right. it was like a great, like it was like, what are you talking about? And then like at, he would just say like random crap. Like at one point they tried to like feed him something. And he's like, where's Kanemaru? <laughs> and dude, there'll be several times where like he would bury like no action happening in the ring. He's like, yeah, since there's nothing happening in the ring right now, let oh, me say something. My God, yeah. And then he'd be like, let me wait for a lull in the action. I have a fact that I need to tell you. Oh, yeah, he was trying to do that, like, his uh, his fun fact at the beginning of matches, but he couldn't find a good time to be yeah, he, in. He like, let me know when there's a lull in the match so I can tell you my my genius fact. Bro, but it was such a love-hate relationship because in, on one side, okay, I wasn't necessarily loving a lot of the... Well, night seven was like, what's funny is night seven was like the best night of the whole tour, but it was Lanny's worst night because it was his first night. I was getting pissed at him and just laughing my butt off all at the same time. It's like botchamania quality. It's like botchamania because I was getting a I was getting so mad at him, like, like, like obscenities. So I was just angry, but then it was so absurd that like I couldn't believe this was really happening. <laughs> that it seemed like a dream, like and it just like you have to laugh at it because it's that bad. Yeah. Um, and I feel bad because they set him up for failure. Who thought that bringing this dude in was a was that dude. guy? What, what's what's the guy's name that that invited him from All In? Um, 
Oh. Michael Craven? Yeah. Yo, Michael Craven, you about to get these hands, son. Like, <laughs> you're ruining New Japan. <laughs> oh, dude, there are hundreds of other people they could have chosen besides Shh. Leaping Lanny Poffo. Anybody, dude. It was bad. So, um... All right, now we're, that... We're going to keep seeing him, too. Yeah. That's a crazy thing, so... Now that we officially roasted the genius, let's talk about Mavs Gillis. I thought, on the other hand, I thought Mavs Gillis did a great job. He had tons of energy. He knew the wrestlers. He knew the backstory. He knew the names of the moves. He knew what was going on. He was able to pretty much call these matches by himself because Lanny was no help. I'm not too familiar with him, but apparently he's a professional sportscaster from Canada, a big fan of, you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And for a first time doing this, you know, with New Japan, I thought he was really good. Uh, I don't know why Kevin Kelly wasn't there necessarily, but he was a strong, like, replacement. Um, I thought he I thought he did great. And I, I kind of do like the the idea of... Like a, a secondary? Sec- yeah, establishing a B commentary team for Road 2 shows. So that way you know, all right, this is a Road 2 show. Here's the Road 2 commentaries. Now we have like the actual shows, Kevin Kelly and Rocky Romero, Kevin Kelly and Mark, Kevin Kelly and Don Callis. The UFC does that, and I, I'm not opposed to it either. You right. Know? Um, absolutely. Now, there was a couple things like... Some people criticized him for not feeding enough stuff to, uh, you know, like setting up Papa Lanny. I do think it was kind of strange that they decided to let both of these guys come in on their first night together. That seemed to be a, a big misstep. Right. You, you would think you would want try one of them at one time with somebody more experienced. Yes, I agree with that. Um, maybe do maybe do Lanny and um, Kevin mm-hmm. and then maybe do like Rocky. And Mavs? Yeah. That would have made more sense to me, but I don't know. I don't run the company. But, you know, to that argument, people saying he wasn't feeding, I I do think there were times when he... He tried. He tried to feed stuff to Poffo, and Poffo would either not answer or say something ridiculous. So it was like, what's the point of feeding to him? Also, Chris Charlton tried to help him a lot the second night as well, and it it didn't matter. It really didn't. There was times where, like, I was literally laughing because Chris seemed to, like... There were times where he would try to, like, play off of... Uh, Lanny, but like in a like, he, but like in an awkward way. And then there's other times where like he just would not say any. Like Lanny would say something, and you know Chris supposed to say something, and he wouldn't say anything because he was like probably dumbfounded <laughs> yeah. at what just came out of the yeah. mouth. Uh, Maz was good. The the other thing I saw people criticizing was that he was, uh, like you said, he had high energy, but it was always at the top. Right, like he came in super hot, like during the Young Lions match, and he stayed hot the whole he, time. Yeah, which I'm all about that. I'm the same way. I come in hot, I stay hot. <laughs> There's no depth to me, son. I'm like an action movie. But no, um, you know, th- then you look at like an experienced guy like Kevin Kelly. He knows when to take a step back. He knows how to produce that stuff. So Right. And, you know, Don Kyle has mentioned that too. Like his first big mistake was like he said, like, you know, he got super excited during the Young Lions match. Then by the time it got to Kenny's match, he, had, he was like blown up. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, um, but... I, I hope they bring Mavs back. I hope they... I don't... Uh, it sounds so mean, but I don't think Lanny... It's not a good fit. I don't think Lanny should be doing this. Yeah. Um, at least not for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, that's going to do it for, uh, you know, the road to Power Struggle. So, let's go through this Power Struggle card real, real quick. We've got seven announced matches on hand in front of us. And, um, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we have the never open weight title match with Tai Chi against Hiroki Goto. Uh, I'm not looking forward to this. I'm not either. I mean, my heart was set on Tai Chi and Will Ospreay and seeing Will Ospreay win the title so we can potentially get Ospreay versus Bushi in the Dome. But that's completely off track now. Um, I gotta say, I think that Tai Chi's retaining the belt. I hope so. You do? Why? So Osprey can get it off of him. Okay, so you, you just your whole thing is you just don't want Goto near that belt anymore. Yeah. 